0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about... To start in 10, 9, 8,
3: 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one He'll
4: be on the mountain.
5: It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
3: Built by the Barnard Medium Company. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Ace Sanders!
6: (laughs) Pressure! He just dives in!
4: Timber, Phil and Jamie Bradford.
7: All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. If you walked through the doors of Colonial Life Arena this past week. Maybe for the big win over Kentucky, or watching South Carolina's ladies take down Vanderbilt yesterday, you saw the fine work that they do, as we always do. Founders Park, Colonial Life Arena, Williams-Brice Stadium, and more are full of fantastic stuff from our friends at Signorama in West Columbia. Gamecock owned, Gamecock operated, served by Chickencock Whiskey. Chickencock, the Chickencock Bourbon Challenge. You can find it on the Chief Sports app if you have downloaded the app, you can type in your address there and find it anywhere near you. And, of course, we are built by the Barndo Code, the Code.com, where your dream home can be built for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas in Georgia or in Tennessee. That's Phil. I'm JB. We're here until 2. We've got uh, JC. will be here in just a few moments. JC and Morgan wrapping up from this morning with Josh Pate, 24-7 Sports' incredible football talent and they kind of ran the gamut if you happen to miss that you can go back and check it out on the Chief Sports app we'll be joined by John Whittle in 15 minutes or so and then coming up a little bit later on uh, in our programming we'll be joined by Mike Morgan who did call the Missouri game on Saturday for the Gamecocks and it was another win and maybe that's the win Phil uh, that will help propel them into the top 25 this week we'll see but uh, wow, what a start to the season for both the ladies and the gentlemen of Gamecock basketball. Of course, the Super Bowl is now set. The Lions found a way to give that one away last night against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so we've got a little bit to get into with that as well. And we've got some Gamecock football updates to, to pass along at some point in time here in our programming. And then Carolina baseball is getting closer and closer and closer. And we cannot wait to continue having conversations about them as we will uh, with John Whittle here in just a little bit. With all that said, Mad Dog, I know that you're uh, you're having a busy morning kind of trying to balance both of these programs as they wrap up, and we kind of get teed off here. It is Monday, January the 29th, so we're almost out of the month of January and into the month of February, finally. This month takes months, seemingly, to get through, for whatever reason that may be. Uh, but um, the both football seasons are th- – okay, so the NFL and college football both wrap. And then you've got, coming up in March, I think it's March 30th, the United Football League. Are we going to be watching the United Football League?
8: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know. You know, I I like the thought of football all year long. I also appreciate a break, right? I mean, I'm a baseball fan. I like watching basketball. I think the other side of it is that, you know, I get it, just football fans. They want to watch football, uh, ball all year long. That, that's good for you. Yeah,
7: um, I'm with you. I mean, spring ball will be enough for me, but um, we'll see. They say they say it's going to be fantastic, so we'll we'll find out. But uh, you know, for those that just love football year round, I guess you'll you'll get a you'll get a heavy dose of that. March thirtieth, I guess is, is when the rock will release whatever the rock's going to release with the uh, with the UFL. I, I do know this. Um, we are expecting a new top 25 today on the basketball side of things. And last week I, I for the first time in a while, kind of had some strong feelings about rankings. Generally, I don't really care too much about them, especially in basketball. Uh, because of how it's just, it's a different vibe as we all know, how things kind of come together in March and how you get into the tournament of the whole nine yards, kind of similar in baseball, kind of the same thing. Although baseball's top 25 rankings, like if you're in the top 25, it takes a lot of losses to move you out of the top 25 in college baseball. And if you're outside of the top 25 kind of takes a lot of wins to get you in there generally, unless you're really knocking on the door. College football, it doesn't. You know, it it could be a matter of a couple of weeks or a strong start to the season. Depending on who you beat, you could be in there. But we've got today, John Rothstein, although a lot of his tweets are kind of strange, uh, John Rothstein has his Rothstein 45 out, and he's got Carolina knocking on the door at 26th. And just ahead of them, he's got the Tide at 25, of course, they beat the Gamecocks by 27 points in T-town a couple of weeks ago, and then reading all the way to, to number 20, New Mexico, uh, New Mexico, Florida Atlantic, BYU, Oklahoma, and then Texas Tech, and then right inside the top 20 at number 19, he's got Dayton. What he says about the Gamecocks, the skinny quote: Lamont Paris is the heavy favorite to be SEC Coach of the Year. Well, he's right about that. So he's got him at 26. So I'll be anxious to see. If the 62 AP voters feel like it's 17 and three and at five and two, the Gamecocks have done enough to get themselves in there. Now, if you go look at all the Ken Palm stuff and the and the the net stuff, South Carolina today is at number 50 in the net rankings at number 50. now they were in the inside of the top 50 before beating Missouri this weekend. After the Missouri win, they drop back to 52. And then now you've got them in at 50. Again, all this, remember, this adjusts based on what happens with your opponents, right? And the efficiency and and all the the formula and how all that stuff kind of unfolds. So the net rankings have them at 50. If you go to Ken Palm, and Matt Anderson spent some time on our show last week, who hosts the Late Night Show, kind of explaining to you how the Ken Palm rankings work as you come into the year. Ken Palm's got them at 54, and, again, it's the non-conference strength of schedule that really is hurting that because it's 329th in the country. All of that said, all of that said, they are 6-2 in quad one slash quad two opportunities, 3-2 in quad one, 3-0 and oh in quad two, and they're 11, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, they're 11-1 in quad three, quad four opportunities, the one is that loss to Georgia, which they'll get another crack at the dogs coming up Saturday at Stegman in Athens. I, if if you're a if you're an AP voter and you're going off of the net rankings and you're going off of Ken Palm, and that's just that's just kind of how you you know that's how you steer your ship every week when you put your top twenty five together. You know. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it wrong. I mean, I was asked this I was on one oh seven five this morning with with Bill and Preston. And Bill asked Preston and I, is it better to, to, to make it into the top with knowing that you got two road road games, you know, coming up? Uh is it better to get that ranking and go into Na- uh, Knoxville on Saturday or on Tuesday and go into Athens on Saturday with that little number, whatever it is next to your name or is it better to fly under the radar and go in there maybe with a chip on your shoulder that you left out of the rankings this week now i i answered it this way give me the ranking okay and here's why because they've earned it That's why they've earned it. And this is a mature enough basketball team with Talon Cooper and with BJ Mack and with Miles Studi. And I mean, these guys have been around a while. I mean, Jacoby Wright has been around a while. Like they're mature enough to be able to handle the fact that people are paying attention to them and ranking them inside of the top 25. Now, should that affect the way that they'll play? No, it sh- you know it shouldn't. Like just because you're in the top twenty-five, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to play any better than if you're ranked twenty-six or fifty-six. None of that really matters. But the pat on the back—I mean, Lamont said on Saturday, you know, those that don't think we're a top twenty-five team, they'll they'll pay the price. Remember that quote at the—they interviewed him after the game. Well, they'll pay the price. That's the kind of the attitude these these guys have, anyways. So yeah. I don't know where they'll be ranked. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's more reflective of the voters than it is of the basketball team if they're not ranked inside of the top twenty-five. Uh, but I think that they deserve it, and I sure as heck think it'd be really good for the SEC uh, to have tomorrow night on the SEC network a top twenty-five matchup in Thompson Bowling Arena.
8: Yeah, I mean you can't. But, I mean, and there's two two ways to look at it, I guess. You know, with a with a huge game against Tennessee coming up, you know. You get what you just said, big time, top 25 matchup. They get to pump it up and, and, you know, promote the heck out of it. And then the other side is it was like, well, if you get one more week of others receiving votes, you can you can carry that, you know, into this game tomorrow where you're just like, they still don't believe in you guys. They still don't. What's it going to take? Is it going to take you knocking off Tennessee on their home court? Okay, well, then that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. I really don't think though. from, you know, when you watch this team, I I don't think that really goes into how they're going to play or will affect any way that they're really doing, you know, going about their business with this ranking situation. I know Coach Paris, you know, believes they should be the team believes they should be and they should be and you know i mean from what we've seen the if the eyeball test hasn't told you enough which hey reminder uh all you ap people uh th- your eyeballs were all you had for ages right. and that's how you determined which team were the best 25 in the nation um if you harken back to that mm-hmm. and pull some of the you know analytical quad you know crap out of it then yeah, this team should be ranked and would be in, in years past. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it, it matters, uh, you know, the heck of a differ heading into the game tomorrow, other than it would be nice. And, you know, and since the eye test doesn't seem to matter until the end of the season, when, you know, they're starting to look back, well, did you have a rank? Did you not, you know, when the committee's trying to put together a field of 64, um, you want everything that you can in your, you know, quiver <laughs> that you know to to fire off at these guys and be like, yeah, we were ranked, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that, and uh, you know, you just you don't want to live and die by the net. I just I, I hate to see that. I hope the I hope the top twenty five does not look like a mirror image of the current net rankings before games crank up this week.
7: Yeah, I you know I I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know what it'll be. I've, I've learned to to understand that you just don't know with a lot of these guys. And, and like I see, we've got the sports chat box open today. Good to see all of you, as always, by the way. Uh, SC scout guy in there says CBS has them ranked at 24th in their poll. And I think that's probably where they should be. You know, I and, 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 I really do. Like, I think that that, that fits. Like that. Yeah, um, Bill, Bill mentioned this morning. He thought that they're a top 20 team, that they should be in the top 20. I wouldn't go that far yet. Like, I mean, like, I don't think that you – like, I don't think anybody's asking for any favors here. I think it's asking to give them what they've earned. You know, that's all. And, and, and what they've earned is, I mean, again, aren't we going by what they've done throughout the year? Like, I mean, look what they've done throughout the year. Over a third of their wins are, are quad one, quad two, and they're, they're, they're undefeated on neutral floors and they're, they've got a winning record on the road. Like, those are all the things that I thought that mattered in a, in addition to, having no bad losses and doing what you're supposed to do in a league that is widely regarded as the best or one of the two best uh, leagues in college basketball. Saying all that, I'll say this. If it takes another week, it takes another week. If you can handle business, you will be in there next week if you can handle business this week because we clearly all know what's going on tomorrow. And Tennessee walks in, they are ranked. They will continue to be ranked uh, and uh, probably in the top five, if not the top ten. But they are a top three net ranking and they are a top five Ken Palm program, three and four, respectively. And then you got to go on the road to Athens, which is going to give you quad two opportunities. So you got quad one, quad two. In addition to that, if you look around the country, there's a lot. I mean, it's been happening all year, Phil, but we might as well just go ahead and kind of tee it up. Um tee it up on here we go again, you know, in college basketball. This is just tonight and tomorrow night you've got 12th ranked Duke at Virginia Tech at seven o'clock on ESPN be careful and if you're a Gamecock fan pull hard for the Hokies because that continues to cement that as a quality quad one win for you you got fourth ranked Houston tonight you know on the road at Texas now Texas isn't ranked so I'm not sure if you want Texas to win the ball game but yeah. my point is there's a there's a chance right there where you'd have another big time upset. Tomorrow night, tenth ranked Illinois on the road at Ohio State. Fourteenth ranked on uh, Marquette on the road at Villanova. Twentieth ranked Texas Tech on the road at TCU. Eleventh ranked Oklahoma on the road at Kansas State. I mean, did anybody happen to catch the road record for all these top teams? It's not good. So there's going to be a bunch more upsets, uh, you know, this week. So if you're the Gamecocks and you can continue to kind of, kind of. I, I I don't know. Tomorrow night is going to be as tough of a road game as they can play. Not necessarily because of the environment. Not, that's not disrespectful to Thompson Bowl. That place is awesome. But the team, the team itself, this is going to be a rock fight, Phil, as you pointed out last week. Like Tennessee, they're really, really, really good, and their brand of basketball is really hard to break through. But if you if you find a way, you get out of there tomorrow night with a win. Holy smokes! I mean, man, you know, I, it, at that point in time. You turn off everything. There is no more conversation about should or shouldn't be. It's it's really at that point in time about how high. You know, okay, wait, 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 just a second here. So we're trying to get everybody all excited about it and kind of teeing you up on a Monday morning, you know, getting you fired up in your belly about rankings and this, that, and the other. We'll see it all. It's all fluid. Or it's all going to continue to change and all those type things. But they survived on Saturday against a team that was desperate for a win. They took care of business last week, and their record compares with just about anybody in college basketball. And it just feels like it is time for them to get some recognition from the people that have the most power when it comes to rankings, which are the AP guys. So we'll see what that says uh, here a little bit later on uh, in the program. Uh, With that said, though, we do need to step aside because waiting patiently to discuss this and more, is the great John Whittle with the Big Spur. JC will join us here soon. Mike Morgan will join us later, and we'll have some fun until 2 o'clock. We're built by the Barn Co. and always served by Chicken Cock Whiskey inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back.
4: Mike here for one of the better dining options in the capital city. You know, when I first moved there, I asked people around the radio station, where are the best wings? Well, the consensus was D's wings. That was then. Today, they still have the best wings, but it's so much more. Now in their new location at 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia, yeah, they get voted the best wings on a routine basis. Yes, they get voted the best sports bar on a routine basis, but they're not just about wings, and really, they're not just a sports bar. It is a family-run local restaurant and bar with 20 TVs and 25 beers on tap. And how about these daily specials? Every Monday night at D's, you've got 75-cent wings from 4 until closing. Tacos on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, 18 wings and a pitcher of beer for $29. bucks. you have also got ribs and oyster bucket specials on Thursday. And no matter how big the party is, 20 or more, no problem. Just call ahead of time, and they'll take terrific care of you. They'll do takeout as well. And guess what? A human will answer the phone and take the order. Billy and his staff do an outstanding job. Check out D's. 415 Meeting Street in West Columbia.
7: It's 2024 and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, Big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network, but most importantly, proud supporters of you, getting healthy and staying healthy. From CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year.
4: which is every time, 803-543-6297, 803-543-6297.
7: Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else, custom-designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
9: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
8: They've
7: yeah, oh. the got that. There's no doubt. Flag is pouring through GameCab basketball at Colonial Life Arena and hopefully will be tomorrow night at Thompson Bowling Arena. In Knoxville, Tennessee. The great John Whittle, the habitual chief app user, joins us with thevigspur.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh, all
6: right. I see it.
7: It looks good. And it fits your head. So that's good. It does. It does. That's,
5: uh, that's one of the chief requirements in a hat.
7: <laughs> that's what I. So when JC put the order in for all these things, I was like, dude, I've got to, my head's huge. Like, I've got to have the bucket stuff, you know, where the, the deep, the deep dome. Like you can't be the low profile hats,
5: right, 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 Oh, I know, I know exactly what you mean, and, and I'm with you. This this one barely barely works, yeah. But it's it's a uh, it's a nice hat. South Carolina license plate.
7: Yeah, it's I good. Like it. It's yeah. a it's a good stick. Looks good on you. Well, John, here we are, Carolina, seventeen and three, five and two, in the SEC. What a what a week.
5: Yeah, huge week, really for all the South Carolina athletics. Men's and women's basketball playing well. Um, men's tennis beats number one, Virginia, then beats Clemson. Um, good good week, good week all around for, for Gamecock sports.
7: Should they be in the top 25 today?
5: Yes. I'm not sure that they will be, though.
7: Yeah. Why do you say that?
5: I, they, they were so far out of it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean I, I think I think they probably will, but I, I mean I, I think it'll be really, really close. It'll be in that twenty three to twenty seven range, I I feel like, you know, when when those things come out. That's what, about one o'clock noon? Yeah, one, 1 well, o'clock. not I haven't then. had to keep up this year. I know. <laughs> yep. Been a long time since I've had to make note of of uh men's basketball top twenty five polls.
7: Seven years, right? <laughs> seven years?
5: <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. I guess it has been that long, hadn't it?
7: Yeah. I think seven years ago was the last time it was like, I think that was February of 2017 was the last time that they were, um, that they had cracked the top 25 in the regular season. I mean, they finished in the top 25 at the end of that year. They went to the final four, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. So I remember
5: that final four thing.
7: Yeah. You know, I do too. I do too. Um, that, um, that was, it's amazing. Yeah, it's still pretty amazing that it even happened. So, John, they've done all this without Miles Studi, but he's getting close. And I feel like had Michi, you know, Michi had a tough day on Saturday. They won in spite of that. Uh, had he maybe hit three of the nine shots that he missed, it would have been once again from a uh, a, a final score standpoint, an exact mirror image of what we had seen in the previous two games so i mean as they just kind of found their groove and and now that they have does miles like sometimes I'm, i don't mean this disrespectfully i think you know what i'm saying here but sometimes when you when you bring somebody from the injured list or the however you want to call it dl in, il injured reserve whatever you bring them back into the mix you you insert something else in there it can kind of toy with the chemistry a little bit do you is there, is there a chance that could happen? I mean, what, what, what do you think here?
5: Um, you know, I, I think it's a pure, pretty mature team overall. Like I, I don't think having somebody back and available to play is necessarily going to throw anything off. Um, you know, I, I mean, they certainly have played really good basketball, uh, you know, since miles went down and, and, uh, but you know, miles will be a, a helpful little piece to have, have, uh, you know, go out there when when his number's called. Uh, I, I think Zach Davis probably stays in the starting lineup at, at least tomorrow night. Uh, I think he's going to draw the, the, the Dalton Connect um, uh, assignment um, in large part. So you know, I I would I would roll with I'd, I'd keep rolling with him and in, in the starting lineup tomorrow night. But he was available this past Saturday. Uh, if I, I think it was more of an emergency situation than anything, and you know, John John Rostein put out a tweet a few minutes ago that um, that that Miles will be ready for for the game tomorrow night too. So I don't think it throws throws much off. Um, but you know, certainly certainly has been good while while he's been out.
7: Yeah, depth isn't a bad thing when it comes to college basketball. That's for sure. Talon Cooper has been scorching hot from the field. Do you think that when Studi went down, he kind of took it on him his shoulders to try to try to equate for that from a from a scoring standpoint?
5: One hundred percent. I mean, one of Talon Cooper's strength is is just the feel for the game that he has. You know, he's uh he, he's just got tremendous sense of, of what needs to be done and, and when it needs to be done. And you know, Zach Davis goes into the lineup and 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 I'm a big Zach Davis fan yeah. and I think he does some things well offensively, but you know, he's not He's not Miles Studi, you know. Studi's going to go out there and spot up and, and knock down some shots for you, and that's his primary weapon is to score. And you know, Davis can do some things on that end, but he's he's a he's a great defensive guy. Uh, can guard one through five for you if you need to. Certainly one through four. Um, but, you know, because of that, Talon had to step his offensive game up a little bit and, and look for his shot in, in terms of scoring. His offensive game's been been good regardless. But in terms of his scoring and and needing to be a go to guy to hit a big shot. Yeah, he he certainly, um, you know, felt that a little bit more um, for, for the past few games and, and he he responded. Um, but it, it shows what kind of all-around player that, that Talon is. And he was still getting his assists, too, it, at that time. I, I didn't uh, make note of, of how many assists he had the other day uh, against Missouri, but I know last week against Kentucky he had either at least five, it may have been six, assists against the Wildcats while also dropping a career high. So, you know, he hadn't he hadn't forgot how to pass and, He's, he's still uh, he's still finding the open man and, and doing what South Carolina needs to do offensively. He had four assists
7: in that game against Missouri this week – or uh, this weekend. Four assists. So, I think he's got like 13 assists or something combined in the last three games. Something like that. 13 assists somewhere in there. Um, but um, with all that said, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all – I don't know how long it can all continue to click. But it is all. Clear. I mean, BJ Mac. Look at what he's done the last five games. He's he's got confidence out there from beyond the the three point line. What have you learned about that? You know, was he doing anything extra in the gym where they work it? Was it just a confidence thing because he's he seems to be stroking it now?
5: Well, no, I mean, I, I wrote that story calling him out and saying that he needed to shoot better from from behind the oh. three point line for <laughs> from South Carolina to be really good, and he took it to heart and. And uh, you know that's based. No, um, I mean, I, I think Lamont sent. May, I mean, it may have been a little subtle message to him because when I asked Lamont uh, about BJ and his his three point shot, and he kind of turned the question to everybody, but you know I, I asked specifically about bj and, and he said you know these guys have to be in the gym a little bit more and get get a, get a few more shots up and 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 understand you know the intricacies of your shot and when you're when you're missing or what it's like on a given day like you have to understand the nuances there and and um you know bj you know right after that i mean came out and started knocking down you know multiple threes and i th- i think in every game um in in that time so uh you know his, his shot's been money it's all he's he's always been able to shoot And all throughout this season, this year, he's been getting good looks. He's taken a few bad shots here and there and a a couple that haven't been in the flow of the offense. but he's been taking good shots and missing most of them. So, you know, it it was uh, just a matter of, of him stepping up and making them. And, you know, he, that's, that's what he's done. And, and he's, uh, he's playing with a ton of confidence right now. And certainly been one of the key reasons why South Carolina has been, been so good here, here lately. You know, I've, said from the beginning as has lamont you know bj mack is is so critical in what this south carolina team can be offensively and the fact that he's been able to score you know both down on the block and and you know space the floor knock down uh, the the three-point shot it it, it makes it, it's really made this team go on, on offense a lot better
7: john whittle joining us from the bigspur.com it's eleven thirty five here on inside the gamecocks the show How's that sound feel? Is that a little bit better? Keep the automatically adjust on. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, give everybody a little bit of a quick <laughs> behind the scenes. It keeps turning itself off and I can't figure out why. Oh, I but, see uh, that.
8: No, I can't either, but yeah, yeah. we'll get that. Uh, yeah. Just we, leave it alone on your end. Let me see if me doing it kind of okay. makes it. We've sense.
7: got, we've got some new equipment that we're, uh, we're working through some apparent, uh, I don't want to call them issues, but, uh, Trying to get things right uh, today, so um, we will we'll continue to do that. But hopefully, it sounds a little bit better now. Then
5: is that why y'all kicked J.C. off?
7: Yeah, so he's he's. We just got a text from him. I don't have time to respond to it right now, but he's. <laughs> he'll be. He'll try to be in a little bit later. They're dealing. Uh, they've got some. Got some car troubles or something now that are going on. So, uh, you you never know. You, uh, yeah, you never know, um, John. You saw Morris Yugasuck grow up a little bit this weekend, and I thought it was interesting in the timing of that too because Mike Morgan will be here with us in about 25 minutes. Uh, Called the game, of course, on on the SEC network. Uh, We just mentioned the fact that Studi has been out. Yugasuck is a guy who back in early fall, if I remember correctly, John, I'm pretty sure it was you that initially said on our program here that Lamont was leaning towards – potentially redshirting this guy and then he just they couldn't they they couldn't keep him off the floor. I mean, he just he just kind of kept doing things. And and now here he is in the middle of January, didn't miss a shot against the Tigers and um didn't miss a shot from long range either for for what that for the what that's worth, it, two for two back there. Um and so it it's just so like all of these guys I f- I personally feel like we've watched them all grow in one way or another. Some of them grow up. Some of them grow other parts of their game. Uh, I feel like Paris has used the bench to his advantage. I feel like he's he said something after the game on Saturday uh, that he he mentioned. Hey, look, you know, you don't see me call a lot of timeouts because we got enough maturity on this team. You know, sometimes it's like, hey man, you got yourself into this mess. Figure out a way to get yourself out of it. And and it, it, listening to him talk, and then you watch the watch the players on the floor. Ugasuck, look what Josh Gray has been able to do. I feel he's playing with confidence. I mean, all these guys. I think the word is growth for this team collectively. And I want to get your thoughts on on just a number of these dudes who are role players, but they all seem to have embraced that. And and quite frankly, it seems to be coming together at the right time.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I remember we had an open practice and it w- actually was uh, Morris Ugasucks, you know, first day, like out there uh, on the court with the team, and you know we we were out there watching him for 20, 30 minutes maybe, and I was like, that that guy, that that's that's the one you want a red shirt, like that doesn't seem like a great idea, like he looks good, he looks like he can help, and yeah, I mean he was he was skinny. Uh, he's also gotten bigger. Uh, cap tip Scott Greenowalt. He's he's done a nice job with with Morris, especially, especially, uh, you know, in season and and, and holding. I mean, he, he can he continues to look more physically ready every time he's out there. But, um, you know, when when Studi went out, like not every minute was going to Zach Davis and Jacoby Wright, like mm-hmm there was going to have to be somebody else to, to step up and, and play a little bit. And, and, uh, and, and Ugasuk is, his had some good moments in, in the last few, few games. And, you know, I, he is, he, I, I like him as a defender too. He's willing. And as he continues to get stronger, he's not going to get, you know, kind of muscled around like he, he has a, a couple of times out uh, there. Out there, uh, from a defensive standpoint, but um, you know he's got it. There, there are a couple things that he needs to keep getting better at. He's got to tighten up his handle a little bit. Um, you know he can he can get it out away from his body uh, from from time to time, and and uh, but he, he I think he's doing a really nice job in in his growth. I, I don't know what the deal is with Josh Gray, to to be honest with you. Like you know we saw. We saw last year he, he wasn't good in the non-conference, and then you put an SEC uniform out there on, on the opposite bench, and he, he turns it on, and it's the exact same way this year. He's got another el- year of eligibility next year. He might yeah. suck again next year in non-conference play and be an animal in SEC play again. I, I don't know. I can't I, – I, I, don't, I don't know what, what the deal is with him. Like, it's it's been both years just a flip of the switch – um, from non-con to, to, to SEC play. I mean, last year he was fighting people in the non-con, wasn't he? Wasn't it Coastal that he was trying to threw fight a guy? Yeah, yeah. He threw the ball
7: but, at him. Yeah.
5: What, what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I'm not sure if he can explain it, but you know, he's. I mean, he, Arkansas game. He was running from the top of the key through the lane, catching a pass. Dribble, sidesteps a defender and lays it up. You know he, he has a drop step against uh, dude dude Big Z against Kentucky. Like he um, he 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 blocks a shot or contests a shot uh, on the on the left block uh, against Missouri on Saturday, and then hustles out to the opposite. Opposite sideline to get the rebound before it goes out of bounds. Like, what, 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 what's he doing here? Whoa! Like, where did this come from? It's, it's, it's been incredible to to watch him watch, watch kind of the transformation from non-conference to conference play. But he's he's been great. You know, Zach Davis has knocked down a couple of shots and and been a little bit more assertive in driving to the lane. Uh, or, or to the basket Um, you know i i just think and, and jacoby wright started to knock down shots again which is certainly certainly great so i mean all, all of these guys are really playing pretty well right now
7: yeah he's nine of 14 from the floor the last three games josh gray is to go with 13 rebounds and 20 total points he's got a couple of assists and a block in there and his minutes have gone up each of the three games 9 11 13 we'll see We'll see what it looks like tomorrow against Tennessee. Um, okay, so t- Phil described this last week as a rock fight. How would you describe this matchup tomorrow night?
5: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Tennessee's, under Rick Barnes, has been one of the most physical teams, if not the most, probably, probably go ahead and call them the most physical team in the league. Uh, most physically dominant team, and You know, that's what South Carolina tries to be, too, in terms of physicality a willingness to play defense and and, and walling up your man on that end. And, you know, being I mean, South Carolina is more methodical on the offensive end, maybe than Tennessee. But Tennessee isn't necessarily a, a high flying bunch in terms of pace of play and so forth on on that side. So, yeah, I mean, I. Uh, that's certainly a, a, a nice nice enough way to describe it. But, you know, physicality is is what's going to stand out about both of these two teams. And, you know, I, I certainly think that it is um, – that's that's what it's going to be tomorrow night. And, you know, Tennessee certainly got the best of, of South Carolina in a major way uh, both games last season. And, and South Carolina doesn't want to be like that, known as a team like that. So I, I certainly – know that they're going to come out and, and wanna, want to want uh, to you know assert their style of play.
7: Who is the center focus of game of the game couch tomorrow night to is it still Talon Cooper like always? Like you've got to have a good night. Or is it is it a Michi Johnson? Like you also have to somebody we got to go up there and score some points too because uh, they're going to be at a premium. So somebody's going to have to probably pop off somewhere. Who is your key player?
6: Yeah,
5: I mean, for me, it's, it's going to almost always be Talon, just because he sets the tone so well on, on both ends of the court. Like if, if he's a step off on either side, it throws off the entire team. And, you know, point guard is, is always going to be a, a critical piece for you. And and he certainly is tomorrow night going, in, going into Knoxville and doing what needs to be done on both ends of the court. He's been so good um, lately in scoring, but also defensively. I mean, he shut some dudes down. And, you know, to keep uh, keep Tennessee out of their offense and, and what they want to do um, offensively, I, it, it all starts with him. And, and I, I think that you know, he, he's the guy I circle. And, you know, I think Zach Davis is going to play a, a really important role tomorrow night. But, um, you know, it, it's going to take everybody to, to go up there and pull off that kind of upset and, and what I'm sure is going to be a great environment and a tough place to play. And, you know, I, I just, it, it's hard to circle anyone more than another because it's going to take them all. Like Meach, he can't go over nine and South Carolina no. have a chance. But but I, I do think that, that Talon is 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 still the guy I circle, even though he's the obvious one.
7: It's uh it's gonna be a couple of programs tomorrow night playing basketball with dudes who've been around a while. Josiah James, of course, is from the Charleston area. He's been in college basketball since the late nineties. And um and so South Carolina's gonna he, he's one of those guys very similar to Talon in a lot of ways. Just a smart basketball player, John. You know, and he can um, he can kind of steer the ship and calm things down uh, when he needs to do it. The SEC this week is is going to have another wild week in it. And um, Tennessee, not only did they get the Gamecocks, they've got the Wildcats next weekend. So this is a big week for the Vols uh, as well. Kentucky survived at Arkansas on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost feel like, and I want to I want to turn the attention to baseball here in just a second, but I but I do feel like Coach Cow kind of hit the nail on the head after they lost to the Gamecocks on Tuesday. I felt like he, when he said, ah, you know, they, they might have just kind of written the script for how you, how you beat us. I mean, Arkansas seemed to do a lot of the same defensive stuff that South Carolina tried to do, or not tried, did do last Tuesday night. So, you know, the the, the book's out, the, the, the video's out, John, the film, whatever you want to call it. Kentucky, you know, might have been exposed a little bit. We'll see when they snap out of that funk, but um yeah. I got, they got Ken, Kentucky's
5: going Kentucky's going to fix it though. I mean, they're they're going to get better and, and be able to be able to handle that a little bit more as as the season goes along, but yeah, I, I do think teams are certainly going to try to to play them that way the way South Carolina did, but those guys, Kentucky typically is better over the course of the year, and I know they haven't been making the same kind of of runs in the tournament. And you know, South Carolina's been to a Final Four since since the Wildcats have, uh, but but those that team typically typically uh, you know Im- improves as as the year goes along. So you know, I, I think they'll probably figure some of that stuff out. But Arkansas is good too; like they're going to mm-hmm. pop up and beat a couple of teams here before the SEC plays over. So you know, South Carolina has is uh you know once they get past vandy they they've avoided the the debilitating losses the uh you know missouri's the the Arkansas's and in in Vanderbilt um got to get past that one against Vandy but you know it, at that point you'll you have you have teams on the schedule that have uh certainly um pretty good resumes.
7: Dalton neck, the guy to watch tomorrow night for the balls from a scoring standpoint his last six games. 28, 36, 39, 25, and 32. Although none of those teams have come in ranked number one in, the, in defense in the SEC, that will happen tomorrow when the Gamecocks walk through the doors of Thompson Bowling Arena. All right, uh, speaking of Gamecocks and defense, they generally play that pretty well from a baseball standpoint. They're underway now, John. They scrimmaged this weekend, and they're off and running and headed towards opening day. Coming up Friday, February the 16th against Miami of Ohio at Founders Park would you learn if anything about the 24 version of Gamecock baseball over the last few days
5: well, I mean you said the word defense we might as well talk about it a little bit you know this this team isn't going to be um one of the best in the SEC defensively it's probably going to be bottom half of the league if we're if we're being straight up right now uh from okay. a from a defensive standpoint um you know I worry a little bit about third base I worry a lot about second base you know I, I worry about corner outfield spots, um, you know, in, in center field, if you're going to line up with, with what I I think you're going to line up with right now, you know, it's fine. Blake Jackson will be, be pretty good out there, but he's not, he's not a guy who can cover up, you know, poor, poor uh, corner outfield play. Um, so, you know, you, you worry a little bit about your outfield defense. You worry a little bit about uh second and third, but you feel good about, you know, catcher and short and, and and pretty good about center. So um, that, I mean, that's an area of concern for me, you know, what, what that's going to look like over the course of the year. And there's some things you can do from an outfield standpoint to, to make that look a little bit better. But, you know, I, that's, that's one, that's one little concern, but, you know, I I liked a lot of of what I saw this past week from a, uh, from a pitching standpoint, you know, there were some guys who, who were really good. Seeing Roman Kimball back out there was yeah. was uh, was certainly a, a, a nice treat. I thought he I thought he looked great. His stuff looked good. You know, he looked confident. He looked poised. Uh, he he commanded things pretty well. He got he got guys out with fastballs and a couple of different breaking pitches. You know, I, I thought he was really good and and that was encouraging. So there there were several pitchers out there that that I was pleased with.
7: Yeah, so I think that a lot of the preseason narrative around this staff, at least if you, you know, if coming from the national guys, and, I, and I, I think, by the way, I think college baseball has some tremendous national uh, analysts out there, and, and, and I'm a big D1 baseball fan, John. I think you are too. I'm a big believer in generally what those guys have to say, how they cover the sport and things like that. Um, with all that said, we're pretty close to the program too. And one of the narratives that's, that's kind of rummaging around out there is that you might've a lot of two or three starters, Saturday, Sunday guys. When I say a lot, maybe three or four of them versus having that Friday night guy. Um, Is that fair or do you think they have a Friday night guy? I I think
5: as fair as we sit here right now, you know, I, I I think that there's growth potential in Eli Jones. And I think there's that uh, ability in, in Roman Kimball, but, you know, we look at Roman Kimball, the last time he pitched in a college game, he was kind of a I don't want to say he was lightly used reliever for Notre Dame, but there were some guys ahead of him because he was so young and and that was an old team and a good team that made the college world series, but I mean he didn't pitch in the super regional. Um, mm-hmm. I think he made one appearance out in Omaha. So, you know, it's it's been a while since he's done it to go from Tommy from from like uh, reliever to out for the year with Tommy John to, to immediately being called a Friday night guy is it's a big leap and you know Eli Jones I think he's I, I think he can grow into that role I think he's got the mentality I think he's got um, the repertoire of pitches and, and the stuff to be able to to be there but I mean he made I think it was five starts last year um, for South Carolina, he was he was used as a part time starter, and then you know a, a lot in, in a relief role. So you know that's that's a big jump too uh, to to go to to be considered like a, a bona fide stud going into SEC play when you know you haven't really been been something like that on on a consistent basis. But he's shown shown the ability. He pitched really well at Arkansas. Uh, last year. And, and I, I think that he's got some traits. But, you know, as we sit here right now, like I'd feel really comfortable with Eli Jones on a Saturday. I'd feel really comfortable with Roman Kimball on a on a Saturday. Uh, I'd feel really comfortable with Matthew Becker on a Saturday. But, you know, we'll see if, if one of those guys steps up and and takes on a Friday role where he's going against, you know, guys who are going to be, you know, top 20, top 30 overall picks.
7: Yeah, everybody in the SEC generally's got a Friday guy, and some a lot of them have two Friday guys. Uh, sometimes three, believe it or not. We've we've seen three Friday guys in this program around here before, believe it or not. Well, I thought uh, South
5: Carolina had three guys who were talented enough to be Friday guys last year with Mahoney and, Sanders and Hall, and you know three. Mahoney was, and 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 Noah Hall was, and. Um you know, Noah got hurt, obviously, and you know Sanders just didn't pitch like he should, but you know, going into last season, I thought South carolina had three friday guys, so you know it, it you you can win and you can win in a lot of ways and and south carolina has has the ability to to win at a high level with his staff.
7: John Whittle with the big spurts eleven fifty two here on monday oh, I hate mondays january twenty ninth all right so the back end of the bullpen is important. I, 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 This is one of my focuses every year when it comes to Gamecock baseball. The most storied seasons in the history of the program were all k, uh, able to happen, and those teams were able to achieve what they were able to achieve because they had somebody or somebodies who could come in and just close the door. John, if you go back to 02, 03, 4 they had a – they had record-setting saves leader every year. Um, you know, Gronk, uh, early in the 2000s, Blackwell. I mean, you know, we can, and then all those guys you keep going up to to when they won the national championship, clearly, Matt Price. Um, you know, John Taylor able to come in and set it up, kind of had a just a crazy arm that could throw forever and ever and ever, it seemed like, Gumby. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've got that, but they have guys that they've identified as back into the bullpen guys. Clearly, Chris Veach was a dude last year that, that, that had some good things happen for him there, and, um, and he's a guy that they're going to rely on. But a name that keeps coming up to me is Michael Polk, the transfer from Georgia. And, and I know that he had had some arm stuff go on, and they've been working back through that. And So, John, if you can, give us whatever update you may have as to when you feel like he'll be healthy enough to get out there and make a real difference. And, and what have you seen from this kid?
5: Well, I haven't seen much because he hasn't thrown in a, in a scrimmage yet. Um, he might be ready to go opening weekend. It uh, might be the first of March when he's actually ready to go. It's probably going to be SEC play by the time that he gets close to looking like himself, uh, maybe maybe even a third of the way through SEC play where, you know, we start to see what Michael Polk truly, truly is. Um, but they, he has been great. He he has been great over there in his bullpens. They are really excited about him over there. Uh, I, I know that much. And, and they think he's a, a late innings guy. Um, you know, he's just in the process of, of getting back. So, you know, that's it's just gonna take him a little bit more time. Um, and, and his his recovery process hasn't been perfectly smooth. Um you know, he's he's had a, a little setback here here and there, but he's he's going on the right path right now. But but Chris Beach is is the main guy. I mean, we saw him last year do do the job over and over again. Um, he was near the top of the SEC in saves. Um, you know, they they like where he's at from a physical mm-hmm. standpoint. He's also added a breaking ball uh, to the mix, and, and they think that that's going to to obviously really help him a lot. So, you know, I, I think uh, South Carolina's in a good place with Veach, but you need probably probably three guys back there. And, and you know, Ty Good was pretty good the other day. He wasn't all that great in the fall, but uh, he, he was pretty good the other day, which was encouraging. Um, you know, they got some freshmen who – who uh pitched well over over the weekend and and eddie copper and and tyler pitzer who who could emerge there in, in some capacity there's there's several guys who who uh you know those, those roles will be sorted out a little bit so i i do think that uh garrett Ganey is is going to be another guy who who you're going to see a lot, uh, late in games. Uh, he threw two innings the other day, no hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts and, and looked really good. So, you know, he's, he's a guy who seems to have a little bit of, of juice and, and energy and some of that competitiveness that you like seeing at the end of games. game. So I, I think that he's going to be, be a guy that, that you see late as well.
7: What are they going to do with Ryan Bakes?
5: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, he's he's a DH. Tyler Callsey is a is probably a DH. You might be able to steal some at, at first base with him, but you know, that takes Gavin Costas out of it. Um hmm. it, and and Carson Hornig's been really good too. I mean Hornig Hornig's Hornig was on base four times over the weekend. There weren't many who were who who were on base more than he was. Um, you know, those those are three guys who all three are probably DHs. Um, it's going to be hard to get any of them o- onto the field. So I, I don't know how they're going to best balance all of that out. And and uh, it, I guess it's a good problem to have. Better to have too many than too few. Uh, that's one thing Ray Ray Tanner and Chad Holbrook have always said. That <laughs> that uh, is is certainly certainly very very true. Um, so I, I don't I don't know, but he's 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 hitting too well and he's too good of a hitter to, to you know, not not play at all. He's certainly going to play some, but so, but so does uh, Tyler Causey and, and Carson Hornick. Both of those got guys got to play some too.
7: It sounds like Coach King is going <clears> to <throat> enter the uh, Ray Tanner early 2000s school of baseball where he's got a string of four or five guys on the bench, and you just look over depending on who's on the mound, and you say, get in there and hit one out of the yard. Yes, sir.
5: <laughs> yeah, he got two out over the weekend one saturday one sunday bakes have had, had one that was his only hit of the first weekend he had a home run <laughs> uh, but but man i mean these, there's there's some options over there um you know this yeah. year I, I wish i wish that there was a spot uh, on the field for for one of them but you know i don't know who who you'd be able to take out either like Carson and Bates can both play play in the outfield. Causey, I don't know. I mean, first base probably fits fits him best. But, you know, if something happens with Casas, Casas didn't play this past weekend. He's got a a little bit of a sprained thumb, uh, but he should be back this week. I, I don't know. That is, it's there's some good problems to have offensively. There there are a couple of weaknesses there from a position player standpoint, but but they're in a pretty good spot from a position player standpoint, that's for sure.
7: Like Causey he would just be, you know, Coach King's version of, of uh of Drew Martin. Drew, yes, sir. Get in there and hit one out of the yard. You got there it, you Coach.
6: Go. There <laughs> you go.
5: <laughs> those, are, those are nice guys to have right <laughs> yeah that's right
7: you know see the railroad tracks i do coach you might hit one over those real quick we need a lead here you got it coach i'll, be, I'll get in there and do it and then generally they did which is amazing I, I i still to this day don't understand that uh craig asked a question in the chat box you must have heard me this morning on five. yes uh, left-handed pitcher xavier pelzer is the son of former gamecock wide receiver andrea goss which is pretty neat uh so um we'll see if he I read your report yesterday. did not sound like his velo is up very good, but sometimes you can stay under bat speed and make a difference. So we'll what see. What was up
5: the- yesterday? It, I mean, it, it was it was up yesterday. Like he was he was up to eighty seven several times, and I had to look and be sure that track man was reading it right because there were days there have been days whether it's in the bullpen or out there on the field where he just doesn't throw more than eighty two, and you just can't compete uh no. it for with with that it, not just it, league. It in an SEC school no and you can compete a little bit in and, and, and you're at least in a position to where you can get it up a little bit higher to be good when you're at 87 miles an hour but you know some of his outings he's at 82 and you know a few he's been at 87. So if he wants to throw at 87 he might have a shot. If he wants to throw at 82 he's not going to have much of a shot so he needs to figure out which one he wants to be.
7: John, we'll let you run on that note. I've got a feeling that we can continue to monitor the com for more baseball updates and of course, you'll be, Are you going to Knoxville tomorrow or no? I will be there. All My right. 40. Safe so. travels, man. Thanks as always, great stuff.
5: Yeah, I will um the the neighbor the neighbor informed me yesterday that they're they're moving to Myrtle Beach and having some work done on their house. Uh, over the next few weeks, so I will, um, I, I'll be, I'll be broadcasting from the office next time, so we don't have to do <laughs> their, their outdoor work and, and also my dog. So we'll, we'll move into the office next time. And apologies to uh, all the other folks. And, and I saw somebody in the comment section say it sounds like the maids vacuuming the house. I, I, I wish, I wish I had, wish I had the maid. I, I wish I had some of that J.C. Sherbert coin. Oh, uh, where I yeah. have a maid over here to clean the house, but, um, you know, we'll, may, maybe someday.
7: Maybe, maybe that'll be our, um, our gift to you this year for all the time you spend with us on the air. We'll get I'll, you a I want,
5: I want the D's wings coupons that y'all you know, were advertising when I was watching. watching we can do stuff. that. How about wanna, some yeah, D's yeah. Wings? That, that'd be a phenomenal idea.
7: Easy, easy stuff. Yeah, we can do that in a hurry. We, Mike and coach Lake ate there on, uh, on Friday and, Lake sent us a photo with Mike with wings sauce on his shirt. I'm not sure if it was like a photo op, like it was like, is this our way of advertising how good these wings are, or if it was an accident. I don't know. Mike's coming up next, so we'll ask him. But we can we can handle that. We can handle the the D's wings stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for hey, having me. Safe travels to Knoxville. Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. Thanks, John. There you go, John Whittle with the Big Spur. It is. Uh, we we're way past due for a timeout, so we'll hit it now. The Golden Tones. Called the win for Carolina over the Tigers of Mizzou on Saturday. Mike Morgan, up next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
1: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
4: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
3: screen, and it goes to Brewer, 20, 15,
4: 10,
6: 5, touchdown Brewer, his second of the day.
3: Pitches it to Brewer, turns to corner, touchdown,
6: number three of the afternoon.
4: Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does For everybody else, whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience and service, second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer. Ryan Brewer Fence, the way. Website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you.
3: My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product. And it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
1: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
4: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
7: Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with J.B., J.C., and Phil.
8: Hey, Johnson with the crossover. Off
3: the glass and in. Baker. Three on the way. Good! Over. And he
8: puts it in! Deep three for Johnson. Buried it! Welcome back, everybody. And so the Gamecocks of the show, power hours cranking up early on a Monday here with you with Mike Morgan. JB must have thought we were going longer than we were on that break. So I'll be happy to bring us back in here.
7: <laughs> well, we have the anthem,
8: which is why exactly uh, why we thought we would, uh, you know, come back a little later. So that would be on me. <laughs> sorry i'm all off today like we skipped a break we, <laughs> jc and morgan ran oh, 10 minutes over listen uh, this is this is not my best day so uh yeah that's uh might be a two-hit shutout tonight Great. i'm gonna, mm.
4: I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna unmute myself as i say i'll fall on the sword for phil we know, we, that's uh, all right. <laughs> we had a we had a uh an awesome jc and morgan today um with josh pate and yes we did go long and due to the nature of our timing situation starting this show at 11 that causes phil to do uh two at once which is not easy but um uh it just the timing worked out that way so we will we will take responsibility for any of the uh foibles of the show today courtesy of the mad dog
8: that's right. That's right. I'll make it up. Uh, we will. We'll have the we'll have the anthem at 1220 today <laughs> for uh, appointment viewers of the national anthem. Not to fear. We will get it in.
7: just want to make sure that I wasn't being blamed for that because I get blamed for enough I'm, I'm not getting blamed for that
8: no 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 you weren't being blamed at all i was just like oh my goodness i thought i guess he thought we were doubling because we've been going back and forth it's been i mean a production nightmare today y'all to let you behind the curtain here yeah uh, it's we okay. never have, have well, i've got the new
7: mic that. too so that added to your yes, stress that,
8: that was yes i know i mean this is, <laughs> we have really been going wide open today but, hey listen you if you did miss jc and morgan big plug you know selfless shameless plug uh Mr. Goodwin with Josh Pate today. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's an excellent
7: guest. He's so well-spoken, and he's such a good guy. One thing I love about Josh, not to get off on a tangent here, is I want to di- dive right into basketball with Mike since he called the game this weekend. But the one thing, people, I don't think people know Josh Pate's story. Uh, and, and, and and I've talked to him before on the air. He, he's told his story on the air as part of one of my programs one time about literally he had like $5 in his bank account when he finally got the breakthrough with, with 24 seven sports and, and what, and he's literally grown this thing by himself. Um, <clears throat> I see from time to time, people who make some offhand comments about him and you just couldn't be more incorrect. He's one of the great dudes out there. Who's worked really, really, really hard to be a great voice for college football. And, um, and he did it all on his own with a lot of people telling him he couldn't do it. So hats off to, to Josh yeah. Pate for what he's built.
4: No, it's a great point. And, and, the beautiful thing, and we've talked about it on this show, and, and it kind of is relevant to the success of this show, um, I spent a lot of years in in talk radio. And, and I was very fortunate to, to have people that gave me opportunities. Um, but I also know that where the business went, like Josh and I were talking today, we both started in, he's from Columbus, I worked in Columbus, that was my My big break out of college as a 21-year-old hosting an afternoon drive show on an Mm -hmm. incredible signal that went from the outskirts of Atlanta to Auburn, Alabama, talking Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, SEC every day, doing minor league baseball for the Columbus Red Sticks. Columbus, by the way, is going to be the new double-A home of the Braves. That warms my heart because that's where I got my baseball play-by-play start Uh, and doing high school football in a hotbed for high school football in that area. Um, And... At, at that time, like our station and so many other sports stations that were popping up, they were mom and pop. They were they were run by uh, various individuals that had enough money to purchase a stick. Now it's all almost all entirely corporate, and mm-hmm. they are the gatekeepers. And either they let you in or they don't. And very many, and you know, like when I was in Columbia, we had three all sports stations, so there was competition. And I loved competition. Now there's one uh in most markets mid-sized markets that's it there's one and if you don't get through the gate of that one you don't you didn't have an option right much like a Josh Pate didn't really have an option like people weren't knocking down his door to give him an opportunity to talk college football but now with, with what we have you know some would call it over the top uh, broadcasting just like in TV, you don't have to have cable company, you know, cable TV to actually get the stations you want. Well, you no longer have to rely on the same, what used to be Clear Channel, which is now iHeartRadio, Cumulus Radio, the same two or three gatekeepers that control 90% of the of the state. I mean, it's a virtual monopoly or duopoly. Now you don't need that because stations and show, shows like this can find their own avenue without going through a traditional system and having to work for some program director with coffee stains on his shirt who looks like the stapler guy in office space and never accomplished anything in broadcasting on the air and deciding who gets to do a show and who doesn't get to do a show and then not paying you the way you should be paid because, well, it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. So guys like Josh Pate and others are given opportunities now to have successful, um, programs without relying on that and that could be jamie as you know the same could be said about a show like this i mean this doesn't happen especially with all of us being in different cities this doesn't happen without the ability to not go through traditional radio and what you've learned now whether it's tv or radio people want to listen to things when they want not when you say they should so yeah. time slot like we were on eleven to two. We realize most of you don't listen. You don't have a chance to listen live all three hours eleven to two. You listen when you're at the gym. You listen when you're taking picking up the kids home from uh, picking up the kids from school. You listen when you're running the honeydew list. You're listening when you're on your way to work. That's the new thing, uh, and that's how people. That's why Netflix is so successful when it comes to streaming and TV shows, and that's why shows like this can, and Josh Pates for that matter, can have. Uh, success in a quote-unquote non-traditional forum
7: well if you want to watch live basketball generally <clears throat> the best time to tune in is you know live like it was on saturday <laughs> at one o'clock on the sec yeah. network where mike had no 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 I, I i i teed it up and um and and you know you kicked it yeah, i teed it up you kicked it through the through the uprights um <clears throat> missouri comes to town and yeah, I think we were texting. Well, I guess it was last night, Mike, or yesterday. Our little group chat about that team and, and the fact that they're zero seven in the SEC. It sure doesn't feel like it. I, I think Coach Paris, after the ball game, you know, he was really complimentary of them on the SEC Network, talking to Alyssa and uh, Ron Slay and, and Patrick Young, and saying that group over there, man, they just don't quit. You know, they're they're just they keep coming, they keep coming, they keep coming. He thought at one point in time they were, oh man, Gamecocks are about to punch him in the mouth. This thing, they're going to run away with it. Nope. And sure enough, here we go. Missouri ends up taking a lead, but Carolina's pretty mature and pretty good themselves. And they got the lead back and they held on to it. And they swept the Missouri Tigers this year uh, by virtue of scores 71 to 69 in Columbia, Mizzou, and 72 to 64. Kind of similar games uh, here in Columbia, South Carolina, Mike. So with all that said, Gamecocks are at 17 and three five and two in the league, awaiting what will be a, a fresh top 25 coming out here in a little while, and we'll see if they're in it or not. But after seeing them now, four halves of basketball, two wins this past week, one over the Wildcats, dominating fashion, one of them where they had to deal with some adversity. They come back, they get it done. Your takeaway here on a Monday morning or now afternoon <clears throat> of this basketball program and where they stand in the SEC
4: the game is everything I thought it would be. Leading up, I told you guys this was not going to be an easy one. Um, the fact that it was a close game on the road, the fact that Missouri—it's a return game. It's really hard to sweep teams in this league. I don't care who it is, and then Missouri is going to b- start biting people. I promise you, like they're not going to go oh in eighteen, and they—they they have enough. They don't—they don't quit. You know that—that's not their DNA over there. They're playing a little short-handed but they have enough to give you a scare, and that's what they provided Carolina on Saturday. And good teams take the best punch from your opponent like that, and then you counter, and that's what Carolina did. Uh, Missouri went on that run. As you mentioned, they, they got the lead, and then Carolina uh, counterpunched. And the fact that Michi Johnson can go over 9 and put a goose egg on the board and you still can win a game like that says a lot. It says a lot about B.J. Mack. It says a lot about Talon Cooper. You know how I feel about him. It says a lot about Colin Murray. Murray Boyles. Boils. Um, it just it just says a lot about this team's character. Uh, their overall, uh, as I, I keep I'll keep using that word till my I'm blue in the face. They're very connected, and teams like that are able to handle that type of thing much better than. Well, I mean, quite frankly, some teams that are not handling stuff like that. For for example, I have Arkansas on Wednesday, and you know, Arkansas has got talent, but here they're they're still sitting on one conference win. I mean, what does that what does that tell you? I mean, and then mm-hmm. you have you had a veteran player just quit the team out of nowhere in Davis.
7: Yeah, what's uh, the story with that?
4: I don't know. I'll find out for sure. Um, you know, I'll talk with Coach Musselman on uh, either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning at practice, but it's just it's just when it rains it pours man when you're down it's like people keep punching it's just you know and every team's been there including Carolina like when you know when you're when you're fighting it nobody's like hey I feel sorry for you let me let me help you up there big guy No, no 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 it's a shark effect it's bloody waters so I I don't know but um uh but clearly they're 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 on the wrong side of the ledger on on so many different things and Coach Musselman has been in the most successful NCAA tournament coach in this league the last few years. He won't be this year. Um, I mean, it's just no. it's just a different situation.
7: Yeah, Arkansas <clears throat> employed uh, just offhand here. We'll get back to the Gamecocks, but employed some of the same defensive tactics that the Gamecocks did against the Wildcats uh, this this weekend. I mean, it, it, honestly, going into that game, uh, you know, if you would have, I guess maybe you could have somebody could have predicted it after what we've seen these two teams, Kentucky and Arkansas respectively going through the last couple of weeks, but um you know, if you go back much further than that and you say, "Hey, I'll tell you what, when the Razorbacks and the Wildcats tangle at Bud Walton in a couple of weeks, they're going the final score is going to be 63 to 57." People will be like, yeah, "No, it's not." You know, there, there there will be 180 points scored in that game when well, there wasn't. Um so it, it's it's interesting as the season goes along, the things that some of these teams go through, and how they kind of get over the hump and and continue to press forward. And that's what South Carolina has has done, Mike. It, they're they're going to get Miles Studi uh, healthy and back tomorrow night. I'm not sure that they're just going to plug him in and say, "Here's 30 minutes, big boy, go out there and do it." Uh, you know, they'll they'll use him wisely. But in 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 his absence, I mean, you you were sitting courtside calling the game Saturday. In his absence. Here comes Morris Yugosut, bang, bang, from long range. Mm. What? Where, where, now, where did this cat come from? All of a sudden, the last three games, Josh Gray has showed up. Hey, I, give me the ball. I'd like to score some. Okay. Well, here you go. Right, you got it. Um, you know, we've seen uh, Zach Davis firing him off from all over the floor, and he, he gets his hands in there. He's so good defensively. Um, you know, Colin Murray boils. if you go back and look at his, st- like the entire stat line, don't, don't stop at the rebounds. You know, keep going. Assists, blocks steals, like all these things that are on down in the line on the stat sheet, these guys collectively, I mean, it is team basketball to a T, Mike, and a lot of this really has actually happened since Studi's been out of the lineup. I'm not saying that it's a reflection of Miles when he's in the lineup. I'm just saying in the last three games, all these guys have had opportunities to go in there and do something to help this program take a, a step or two steps or three steps forward, and they've all done their job.
4: Yeah, they've picked up the slack. And and look, Studi, he's a role guy. It's to hit open threes. He's the same player that I saw at Vanderbilt. And I don't mean that as a knock. but I mean, that's there's an asset to that. You can always use a guy that can stretch the floor and, and hit open threes. Um, but there's a there's a number of guys that, to me, are more integral to this team's success. And it starts with that backcourt with Talon and Michi. And yes, I know Michi had a bad game, but you're, you're not going – You're not going to the postseason without Michi Johnson, trust me. Uh, BJ Mack, who's again, is a unique – he's got an old man game. We were joking about that last week. But he's a – Him and Tawan.
7: Like, do you want to play them in that two-on-two tournament down at the Y? Nah. No. No. no.
4: Because Mack might get up four inches off the ground, but he's the master of the pump fake down low. He's just like (laughs) – He'll pump fake you to death, and eventually players will go for it. And if he's not doing that, he's picking and popping, and he's a, a dangerous enough threat to hit three. So he's just he's just a dangerous player all around. I had a great you you retweeted um the clip that uh, we ran on <clears throat> on on Coach Paris and his background because I yeah. you know after practice I I I said well Ma'am, I said you know I, I people are talking about you now but nobody knows anything about you. Like, they know about the Wisconsin. And I said, I want to g- dig a little deeper. And we went into his whole family background and what he grew up with. And, I, and I, that's explained somewhat in that clip that you retweeted, for those that haven't seen it or missed the broadcast. I thought that was really interesting. And I, I the other thing I thought was really interesting, talking with Lamont and, and Carrie Rich, who I've known for a long, long time. Um, and Carrie is very instrumental behind the scenes of helping the Gamecocks, uh, you know, get the get the bright roster intact. Uh, think about this. Murray Boyles, who wound up as a top 100 recruit and is the highest-rated prospect on that roster, I don't even think it's that close. You know he wasn't recruited by Carolina Clemson. Right. You, you know, yeah. like, he, they, they basically looked at him and said, no, nah, dude, you're not, you're not. So then he goes, after three years at AC Flora, he goes to Wasatch Academy in Wisconsin – or not Wisconsin, uh I thought it was like Utah or Utah, something. Utah, Utah. Yeah. Goes to Utah and all of a sudden continues to develop, gets his body in better shape, and turns into that kind of player. Uh Talon Cooper, not recruited, not recruited by Carolina. Right. Talon Cooper goes out, go, plays in the NCAA tournament at Minnesota, and now he's so these are these are players that were in South Carolina's backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're not offered a scholarship, and now they're helping having helping them have a rebirth of sorts uh, on the court. So I I I think you know that's a great part of the story as well is that you've got these guys that coming out of high school the South the the South Carolina schools the the, the two Power Five they weren't interested, and now all of a sudden they're they're winning games at a high level in the SEC. And obviously they're older, and that's a factor, but. Um, Look, You look over time, there's been a lot of misses in recruiting over the years with South Carolina basketball. There just have been. And I I, I think that you're going to see, with the help of Kerry Rich and the staff, I, I think you're going to see them be uh, – they're going to have more hits than misses. Let's put it that way.
7: Mike, let's step aside for a timeout. It's 12-20. It's time to hit one anyways. When we return, though, I I want to dive a little bit deeper with you on Talon Cooper <clears throat> now that we've seen – uh, you know about a about a third, or well, and shoot, more than that, shoot, heck, uh, uh, almost half of the SEC season. And comparing him to other point guards in the league, so I'd like to get into some of that. Uh, want to talk about Mississippi State because they've got a resume, and uh, so I want to get to that with with you here in a little bit as well. And then you mentioned the the conversations that you had with Coach Paris while you were in town this weekend, uh, preparing to call the ball game. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that and uh for those that that missed it you can certainly go to Twitter and check it out but get you to kind of you know put a cherry on top here uh sure. with what you did learn about the uh the life and career of of lamont paris it's fascinating stuff it was a, it was a awesome uh clip that gamecut basketball put out with your voice on it so everybody hang tight we we missed the anthem at noon we missed the anthem uh, phil had rats he had to get rid of the rats and and working through uh, kinks with with all kinds of you know, JC's car trying to trying to get the car fixed, and we got mic problems. It's all good now. So we'll get the uh, we'll get the anthem to you out when we return here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show, Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's gotta be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GameCockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. GameCock Traditions, GameCockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others.
1: South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. GA.com. schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
7: nana's porch nana's porch.com at nana's porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. NanasPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com Carolina barbecue.com is where you can book your next catering event and have it catered by Columbia's best caterer voted three straight years by the state newspaper. BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com, G's Carolina barbecue.com. And if you would like to, I mean, you can never necessarily, you know, you can't copycat what they do, but you can try. And if you want to go to Carolina you can have the secret spice rub and the sweet heat. And the Carolina Gold, all delivered as part of one package to your doorstep, and then have at it, big boy. It'll, I'm sure it'll be delicious. I'm sure, it'll be fine. I'm sure the of course, the the rub and the the sweet heat or the gold, whatever you put on it, I'm sure it's going to make it taste better than it definitely would have. But like you know, you, you got a big crowd. You got a got a got a graduation party, birthday party, anniversary party, wedding, whatever it is. Billy G's barbecue.com. Just let them take care of it. They won't screw it up. I can, I can assure you of that. And don't forget to order extra mac and cheese because you'll eat way more than you think you're going to. I've already been there with them as well. All right. Mike Morgan joining us at uh, 1230 on inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo co Mike, let's start with kind of where we left off with LP. You mentioned uh, the um, <clears throat> about a 45 second clip that Gamecock basketball uh, tweeted out this weekend it was a conversation that you were or y- you were sharing on the air on the broadcast Saturday right. a conversation uh, parts of a conversation you have with Lamont Paris a lot of it had to do with he comes from a, a military family but so tell us tell us more like what what all did you learn in the extensive time yeah. that y'all spent together
4: yeah I mean he was very uh I think he was actually I think he found it refreshing that somebody asked you know because um Like, well, now getting, I mean, this is a Gamecock, this is a Gamecock show, but I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody who works for a non-Gamecock entity, he would get my vote for SEC Coach of the Year, and I know I would not be the only person to do that. That's not a Gamecock slant or anything else. That's, that's the guy who deserves the award today on January the 29th, and that can change five times between now and the end of the season. Sure. Um, so people, he's getting national exposure, uh... But most people don't know anything about him, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I knew his background. I knew the broader strokes. But I, I, I had a conversation with Ray Tanner earlier in the week, and I had a long conversation with Lamont, and I talked to him about the interview process and everything else and and learned about Lamont Paris, the, the individual, and how he got to this point. He's a very unassuming person. He comes from a military background of his father's a Marine, his brother's a Marine, uh. He has uh, another brother, I believe, in the Air Force, and he worked for Bo Ryan, who has a background, an Army background. So you get the idea, like that's where the regimented nature comes from, right? And You, you talk to people in a military background, and they have no problems with, uh, you know, discipline and being regimented and being motivated and sticking to what needs to be very task-oriented. All those things are, are helpful in life, no matter what vocation you have, but certainly in coaching – it's it's a benefit. He talked about the fact that you know they grew, he grew up in Ohio. They had very little. Uh, he was one of those kids. Like when he went to a, went to school or went to a camp, you didn't know if you're going to have enough money for a meal. I mean, that's just that. So when you when you have that and when you face that, it keeps you hungry, literally and figuratively, uh, for for the next step. He talked about how he, he coached at every level, uh, d- division, yeah. you name it, and and certain levels where you're you're the guy mopping up the floor. Before practice, you're mopping the floor after practice. So all these things, all these building blocks toward becoming a coach and getting that opportunity. Uh, you know, seven years at Wisconsin, we we ran a graphic that I wanted to show the people to remind because I know a lot of people are like, "Well, it was Wisconsin basketball, I know it was good, but what was really well in seven years?" They went to the NCAA tournament every year and they won games every year. Two Final Fours, four Sweet Sixteens. Their worst year was around a 32, and he wasn't just like an assistant coach. Like Ray told me when he spoke to Bo Ryan, you know, Ray was like, okay, look, I, I, don't, I know you, you're his guy. You got his back, but I want you to speak from somebody who's not just trying to help a friend. He said, no, 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 no. And if you know Bo Ryan, very matter-of-fact guy. No, I'm going to tell you right now, we didn't have the success at Wisconsin that we did without Lamont Paris. So all these things went into the hire which again, a lot of people that were critical of the hire have no idea what they're talking about, and continually went back to the Frank well or went back to some other well, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, now I understand why this was a good hire, and I understand the reasoning that went behind this, and I understand why Lamont Paris was wired to be successful, and he was, and, and I, I think you see all that on full display with the way his team plays the game. They are not, and I've said this before, they are not one of the most talented teams in this league. Like, you look at where they are in the standings, and you look at the recruiting rankings of the teams they're on par with, the Kentuckys, the Auburns, the Alabamas, the Tennessees, and compare the recruiting rankings of the Gamecocks roster to those rosters. That's coaching, folks. That When you're able to do what he's doing with that roster, that is flat-out coaching. And that's what that's why I say he's the SEC Coach of the Year right now, uh, to be able to even be competing for an NCAA tournament bid in year two of an obvious rebuild with the roster that he's gotten, um, it's it's nothing short of a, a spectacular job up to this point.
7: Yeah, I it, that was a fascinating piece in the broadcast because I didn't know any of that, and I appreciate. I didn't you. either. Full yeah. disclosure,
4: I didn't well, either. That's why I asked him.
7: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, you, 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 would, you would think that, like, you know, more often than not, and, okay, never mind, but you would think you would hear some of this by now outside of Derek and Casey and what they do with the Gamecock Radio Network, you know, and in, in, in having real conversations with these people. Nobody's really done that with him. Now, right. I will say this. I will say this. They, like, a lot of the the, you know, broadcast teams and the national media, they haven't any reason to, we know how it works. Come on, man. Like when you're not any good, they're not knocking down the door, trying to figure out your recipes for success. Doesn't look like you got one. And if you do probably does not taste very good, you know? So like these things really only begin to happen. The national exposure and all that stuff is what I'm getting at here, Mike, not, not you, but like the national exposure that, you know, all these guys this week, now all of a sudden they're team of the week. And you got people saying he might be uh, he should be considered for national coach of the year None of this crap happens until you all of a sudden are really good and then people start paying attention and then it becomes a story
6: hmm. and
7: that's what's ha- happening with Lamont but to your point nobody has asked any of those questions and then I'll add this too and I think that um, it's it's not inappropriate that's not the way for me to say it but but like let's just go ahead and get ready for this because it's coming if if they continue to have like let's say they play 500 basketball the rest of the way home. So they've, they've got 11 games left in the league, right? And so, you know, what would 500 basketball entail? I don't know. Let's just say it's five and six. Let's say it's under 500. And they finish the year 10 and eight in the league, and that would give them, good God, that would give them 22 wins. Wow. Uh, and then you go into the SEC tournament, and, and you're in, if they get to 22, Mike, they're, no matter what happens in the tournament, they're in the dance. You know, so then they're in the dance. But you know what's coming. He's going to start popping up for jobs and things like, like that's going to happen. And then you're going to start talking about, well, extensions. And then you're going to have a portion of the fan base that's like, well, he had one good year. Why do we extend him? Well, that's because that's the way it works. <laughs> you either you, you either extend and raise or you lose your coach. That's the name of the game now. Um, So, like, you know, that all, all that stuff is coming. But, Mike, that's good. That's well, great yeah. for game basketball when there's people out there going, Maybe Lamont should be the guy for the Kentucky job or, or whatever job that opens. That means something good is happening. Whoa whoa,
6: whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's,
4: let's,
7: let's pump the brakes a I'm little I'm just bit. telling you what my sources tell me in like, Yeah, yeah. He's
4: Cal's out. not going anywhere. He's and I don't, that's not, that's not a thing. But um, no, look, I have complete confidence if, uh, if, if all those things happen, Ray ain't going to let him go. I mean, you know. Don Staley has flirted with other schools multiple times. He hadn't let that happen. Um, you know, when when there's a when there's a coach in demand, you're an SEC school and you've got an AD that coaches love and respect uh, because he's a former coach. That's another thing. Lamont Paris told me about is that the interview. I didn't feel like I was interviewing for a job. I felt like I was having a conversation with a fellow coach. That's why Ray is very attractive to a number of coaches out there. Yeah. Um, and and so no, I look. I think Lamont is very appreciative that South Carolina saw something in him that maybe other schools were not ready to see. Uh, so I I'm I'm not concerned about that. I, the biggest concern right now is, you know, you, you got two really tough road games coming up. Um, you, you've got at Tennessee. You've got at Georgia. Like. You're in a great spot, but there's a lot of games to be played. Oh yeah. A lot of games to be hey, played. It, it,
7: Mike, it would not be shocking in the least if they lost both of these games this week. And it would do nothing in my mind to diminish exactly who they are right now. Yeah, they're going to be underdogs in both games. Yeah.
4: And and, and for the for the guy uh on Monday who tried to say I predicted Carolina would lose to Kentucky, I don't know what show you were listening to. Um
7: so you <laughs> predicted, I heard it. Yeah, you said 20-point yeah. at least loss. Like,
4: he's like flexing the next day when I'm not on saying, I told you, how about that? How about now, Mike? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I've been the one praising this coach and this program all year long. Um, but, but they're going to be an underdog uh, in, in both those games. And, yeah, like really good teams this year are going to lose two in a row in the SEC. Really good teams, I promise you, are going to lose two in a row in the SEC. So Carolina's not immune to that. So, it you know, it's important to, like, realize there's still a lot of meat left on the bone. You know, this is going to be – and the whole, the whole top 25 thing, I, I know that was a big uh, – that question was asked a number of times after the Kentucky win, and I get it. It's cool to see your name in the top 25. But honestly, folks, it really doesn't matter. In terms of the, yeah. the ultimate goal, which is to make the NCAA tournament, it really doesn't matter whether you're in – what matters is the net – what matters is your conference record. What matters is how many games on the road. What matters is your strength, the schedule. That's what matters. Top 25 or not. Top 25, you get in the top 25, lose a the game, then you're out of the top 25. Okay, right, big deal. Right. So I wouldn't get so obsessed with the top 25 poll because the top 25 poll is almost like the AP poll in college football. It's, it's almost inconsequential. It doesn't really matter. You either make it to the tournament or you don't. You either make it to the college football playoff by virtue of the college football committee or you don't. But the the polls now are just they're just window dressing.
7: Yeah. So I've had that conversation a couple of times in the last two days that we've been on the air. Friday and today, earlier today. <clears throat> Hopefully, I'm clear about this. They, I think. First of all, I think they deserve to be in the top twenty-five. Like, if, if it's a real if it's a real ranking of the top twenty-five teams in the country, they should be in there. But not for me, for the players. Just like Coach Paris was saying, like, look, our guys, you know, they've worked their rear, rear ends off to get rewarded for these guys. Pay attention. Like anybody that says they don't, they're all liars, and you know that. Like we all know that everybody pays attention. That's why they have a top twenty-five. Like the players look at it just like we all do. But at the end of the day, what does it mean? It means nothing like you just pointed out, means literally absolutely nothing when it comes to getting into the tournament and where their seed would be in the tournament. None of those guys on the committee go and look at your top 25 uh, ranking as part of the criteria to seed you in the NCAA tournament or to get you into the NCAA tournament. It is literally a badge of honor as the year goes along that you're being recognized for your performance at that point point in time. I think that that is where it's important for the players. The fans, of course, love to beat their chest, and they should. That's Duh. That's why another reason they have the top 25. Um, And I think it would be really, really, really neat, Mike, personally for the university itself to have a point in time where Gamecock women's and men's basketball, Gamecock softball, Gamecock baseball are all sitting there inside the top 25, top 20, whatever it is. That's a hat tip to who? The guy that screws everything up, Ray Tanner. So, like, I I think that would be a neat moment for the university. But he does not screw everything up. Clearly, everybody should know that's tongue-in-cheek. They right? know
4: your sarcasm so, by now.
7: Okay, good. Uh, so so I think that that's where the top 25 matters. Like, for the badge of honor, as you just pointed out very eloquently and perfectly, zero for the end of the season and what it means uh, towards the postseason.
4: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, come April of this year, Nobody will know, remember, or care how many weeks Carolina basketball was in the top 25. What they'll know, remember, and care about is did they make the tournament, and how did they do? I've said for years, college basketball is a very simple metric of success, unlike the other sports. It's, it's, so, it's so painfully simple. You judge a program's success on how many tournaments did you make, and how did you, how did you do when you get there? And we talked about the 1 for 19 ad nauseum. Uh, that is remarkably unsuccessful for a Power 5 program. And we, I've broken down for you what I think are the moves Crazy. that cause that, caused that uh, futility. Uh, some very questionable moves with the Gamecock basketball office over a long period of time. Uh, this is the kind of move that I think can turn a lot of that around. This is the kind of move I've been waiting on for years. Uh, it's, I don't see a short-term turnaround. I see the way this thing is being built. In this day and age of the portal and Lamont Paris, you know, Lamont has a, has a kind of a saying, and this might sound a little brash, but he's like, I go home after a game. If I have at least 75% of the talent on the other side, then I think I should win. That's the way he views it. And very often that's what you're going to have at South Carolina because we know the history of recruiting for South Carolina basketball. You're not beating out some of the other programs on elite kids, but you don't have to. You don't have to to be successful. Look at the Final Four. How many McDonald's All-Americans were on those Final Four teams? Zero. No, right. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to get McDonald's All-Americans to be successful. But you build this thing where it's not just a blip on the radar. Gamecock fans have been treated to too much of that. A really good pocket of success and then the crater, it just bottoms out. It's like, how does that happen? I, I think what they're building now is something that can be good. Forget about great. Just be good for us for a long period of time. And this fan base will be more than happy to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Uh, and, and that's what I see, you know, kind of where this program is headed right now.
7: At the end of the day, when they shorten it and shorten your name to LP, you're doing something right.
8: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So hats off to, to Coach Paris for just I mean, the name become synonymous with a garment of clothing. I uh, mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want? I mean, dude, there. I mean, d- just let it sink in. And
7: we're gonna, by the way, we're we're, we're gonna preview uh, w- since we have Mike today, and you have the trip to Knoxville tomorrow. We're previewing that game coming up here in just a little bit, so we won't spin our wheels over and over and over just with the Gamecocks. But um, it it's still, it still it it makes you think twice and look twice if you're a Carolina fan or not a Carolina fan, and you look at the SEC standings and you go. Now wait a second here. The best overall record are the South Carolina Gamecocks. It's seventeen and three, five and two. Holy smokes! Um, It's it's
4: wow.
6: By the way, somebody Uh, asked about the
4: officiating. um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't think it was one sided. If that's if that's where the complaints were going, I don't. No, I, I
7: I thought what we had Saturday was a lot of what we've had throughout the year. It's it just is what it is. I On mean, both I'd, sides. I don't mean that one way or another.
6: Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, I've seen a heck of a lot worse. I mean, is there a specific call? I don't know what... Um,
7: oh, know, I, don't, honestly, I don't have a little,
4: one. A lot of it's like a blur to me, but...
7: I think, uh, if anything, I think there were some calls that went against Missouri that probably shouldn't have.
4: Yeah, like, I didn't... Ask me. You know, I, I, I get it, like... Fan bases always feel like they're getting the short end of the stick on the whistle. I I didn't I didn't see an unfavorable whistle for Carolina on Saturday.
6: I
7: saw an unfavorable whistle on Saturday. It was at the end of the Clemson game, and I'll say it, they got hosed against Duke
4: on the final play.
7: Yes, that's not a foul. And Jay Williams hit the nail on the head. Like, don't blow the whistle there. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't see it. I don't see. I I can understand the why, but dude, like. Now, with all that said in that Clemson game, and I'll, I'll wrap it. we got to go to break. I'll wrap it with this. Also, if you're the Tigers, turned it over four straight times in a minute and a half. That kind of kind of worked yeah. to your disadvantage too, but that that was not a foul. That was just not a foul.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see the game, but typically when you lose a game like that, it's it's more than just one whistle. The reason why you lost a game, you, if you're Clemson, it sounds like you had some golden opportunities to close it and didn't.
7: Yeah. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, they do. They they coughed it up four straight times in a minute. It's like, where are you going? What are you attempting to do here? You have the lead. <laughs> like what, what do you, what's going on? And then, yeah, the foul is not a good call, but you kind of earn that badge, I guess, when you cough it up four times, just trying to run up and down the floor for no reason when you've got a lead on the road in Duke. So anyways, all right. Um, it's 1247. Uh, we've uh, got plenty of hoops to get to and including Dalton Net. If you don't know that name yet, you're going to you're going to yeah. know it by tomorrow night.
4: Well then let's Connect. get the let's get the name. It's Dalton Connect.
7: Connect. Gold jacket, green jacket. He dude scoring thirty points a game. Who cares?
4: Naga 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 not gonna work here anymore, that's for sure. Connect connect. Uh, yes, yeah. Dalton Connect and he is well, he's connecting. he is the best scoring weapon we've seen in this conference in a while. I mean what he's doing wow. is it's something that hasn't yep. been done since the nineties. Uh he is ridiculous.
3: Yeah.
4: He is absolutely ridiculous. And they found him from northern Colorado in the yeah. portal. Rick Dude. Barnes told me, I said, did you fight? He's like, no, Mike. One of my assistants saw him and, and told me we need to sign him. So I trust him, and we did. That's, that's how a lot of those things happen. you know. Head coaches don't have time to sit there and watch tape of every portal uh, prospect out there, so you rely on your assistant coaches. And one of his assistants found that kid. He was second team all big sky who the hell were the five kids voted ahead of him? Second team, all big sky? This guy's gonna be a first round draft pick. He's scoring 30 a night like it's nothing in the SEC, and he's making it look easy. Second round, all big sky. I I I gotta talk to the committee over there.
7: Maybe some of them are the same ones that vote on the top twenty-five. Who knows? All right, uh well, we will uh we'll step aside for a quick time out and connect more on this when we return. <sighs>
3: And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, in, in, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Foss of Caldwell
5: Banker Kane, is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to
3: a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sirfoss, 864-414-5271,
5: Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs.
7: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia, and go Game Pass.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
7: This is Jacoby Wright from Game Talk Basketball, and you are listening to the show with J.B., Bill, and J.C. Go Game Talk. Oh, yeah. Jacoby Wright has some good hair working, by the way. Looking to connect on five or six three-pointers tomorrow night to help the Gamecocks take down connect and the connected balls in uh, Knoxville. Uh, We'll get to some more hoops in a minute, Um, Mike, before I... Uh, dish the mic to you, some breaking baseball news here from D1 Baseball, and this is neat, and I'm going to have to go back a little bit to try to figure out when the last time this happened was, but according to what I think is the best source nationally for college baseball in the country, D1Baseball.com, mm-hmm. both catcher Cole Messina and outfielder Ethan Petry have been named to the preseason first-team All-America squad for the Gamecocks. Of the 17 players on the first team, seven come from the sec which is no shocker and that includes names like tommy white and jack caglione down at florida not to mention a dude named charlie in georgia if you didn't see that freshman play last year charlie condon was something like ethan petrie uh at the sec mike will be calling it this year is just freaking loaded and uh and really fired up to see all these cats play but uh the preseason all america squads are out hats off too to to uh, Chad Holbrook and College of Charleston utility player Cole Mathis, who's made the third team uh, for the Cougars. And also, though, Clemson's Cam Canarella has made the first team as an outfielder. He had an outstanding season last year as well. If you have paid attention to the preseason rankings, Gamecocks 12th in today's Baseball America rankings, Tigers in there at number nine. Both of these programs have been in every single top 25 that's been released thus far. Mike Morgan we're getting back to the golden era of Carolina and Clemson that third week of the season when it's the matchup in college baseball it is the best rivalry in college baseball that and Ole Miss versus Mississippi State are the two best if you ask me and generally who's the best it's well who's who are the best two teams is it Clemson and Carolina or is it Ole Miss or Mississippi State so that kind of trades off that series this year, two of those three games are going to be played in Columbia, and you got pre- three preseason All Americans that will be uh, in a series of top 25 programs, maybe top 10 by that point in time. Who knows? So uh, th- that's what it's all about in South Carolina when Clemson and South Carolina are both uh, ranked where they are. But hats off to Petri and Messina for being preseason first team All Americans by D1 Baseball.
4: Uh, and, and I'm with you on D1 Baseball. Uh, I know all those guys that um, are, are a part of it and how that was formulated. Uh, you know, they they saw the, the, the baseball coverage nationally. It was really fragmented. You got all these pol- polls, first off, talking about meaningless polls, my goodness. um, you, know, you had like five of them in college baseball. And you didn't really have anybody in particular. You have some good writers for publications, but nobody really covered college baseball the way it needed to be colored, uh, covered. And then you bring in like Kyle Peterson and my man, the professor, Mike Rooney, um, and, and some of the guys that are part of that website that just eat, breathe, and love the sport of college baseball and cover it year round. So I, I'm with you. I don't, honestly, I don't pay attention to any other poll. I just look at D1 baseball. That's um, kind of become our poll of record.
7: Am I reading this right, Mike? Nick Kurtz, the first baseman from Wake Forest, in addition to hitting three fifty three with twenty four jacks and sixty nine ribbies last year, he stole fifty bases. Yeah, yeah, he's uh,
4: what what has happened to Wake Forest baseball? I mean, wow, Wake Forest used to be a punchline, yeah, in college baseball, yeah. and and now they're just they're getting dudes like it, dude. they're an amazing. Uh, amazing story because they don't have the facilities or the fan support of an sec like they don't have any of that but i give them credit they're doing some good things over there Uh, anyway um i I do want to mention while we're throwing curveballs out there i had a chance to to frequent two of our prime sponsors uh over the week that was one of
7: mike's golden calls phil swing and a miss strike three (laughs)
4: thank you thank you for that uh (laughs) These Wings, you mentioned me and Stu having a chance to, to grab hey, his where's your rubber? pick,
7: Phil? Come on. You know why he did it. You know why he put the sauce on his
8: shirt. For- I know. It, that's right. That was that's totally
7: it, intentional. Was it intentional or unintentional? No. It, it increases. No, what his,
4: happened? What,
7: <laughs> oh, there we go.
4: There, that's just beautiful. The man the people. That's just beautiful. That's just So, okay, now there is a story behind this, uh-huh. and, not, and not just me being slovenly. By the way, look, a beautiful backdrop. That's the first time I've been to the new location uh, off a of meeting street. Great great spot. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Stu had a blast with this. So I had a heck of a week. Uh Three things happened in the course of I went straight from Gainesville to do a game to Columbia to do a game and back home on the flight from Gainesville to Columbia. Um, I, I got upgraded to, to first class and I'm sitting next to a gentleman to my left who's drinking coffee. And mm-hmm. when you know when you're about to land, mm-hmm. you you hand over your, your trash to the flight attendant. They They want to clean the aisles, you know, courteous for the. For the cleanup crew and for the next people that get on the plane. The guy takes the coffee and somehow drops it completely in my lap. Now (laughs) so on my pants, I have coffee from left thigh, crotch, right thigh. And
8: (laughs) this guy pooed his pants. Yeah,
4: I mean it doesn't look good. It does not look good. And I still have to get off a plane, get on another plane. (laughs) <laughs> Before I even get to Columbia in the hotel, and I've got this all over my pants as a complete accident, he's apologizing all over the place. What are you going to do? I'm not going to, you know, uh, get all worked up over it. I'm sitting there with the, the wet naps and trying to clean it off. So that happens. Then uh, one night, I'm I'm having dinner in Columbia, and I'm uh, I'm flying solo. I'm at the bar. Uh, I'm talking to one gentleman, by the way, I can't even begin to tell you how many people in Columbia came up to me with nice things to say about this show and about chief sports. Um, uh, word is out. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina is definitely on board with ITG. So a uh, one gentleman came up and we're talking and he remembered a remote I did like 20 years ago. And then some random guy comes over and is talking, uh, our ear off and again, an accident, he has a drink. He puts it down on the table. The table, it has a little slope to it. It's kind of like an illusion. Like it goes flat, and then it like dips, and then it's it almost shaped like a mushroom, and he put it on the wrong side of the mushroom. That drink spills, guess where? In my <laughs> lap. Different pair of pants. So now <laughs> I've had coffee spilt on me, and I've had a bourbon drink spilt on me. So laundry was real good when I got home. Uh, and then in between all that, I go to D's with my man, Stu Lake, uh, and we're eating uh, – You know, we're eating, I get my normal. I get my wings with the hot sauce. Now, sometimes I mix up the sauce. I get my wing chips floppy with the malt vinegar, and the girl gives, gives me the hot sauce, and I pop it open, a little plastic container, and the sauce just spills all over my pants. <laughs> and I just had to just start laughing like this is just not my week. So for the record, if you're scoring at home, coffee – Bourbon drink, hot sauce, all spilled on my lap on three different pairs of pants over a span of three days. That is the triple crown, my friends. But that being said, uh, a great experience at D's, which, of course, uh, the nightly specials. And tonight you'll want to go 75-cent wings tonight. And then, of course, uh, at the Colonial Life Arena, went up to the second level, talked to my man Suki, got some tacos, a little game meal. So I was all set to go for that broadcast uh Suki taking care of everybody with the tacos uh we had somebody win the Fab Five a week ago on the Fiesta Pack out of Somerville who also has family in Lexington so they're all set all right Um, so I ate well D's Wings and Salsaritas I made the most of my dining while in the capital city and I had a lot of crap spilt on me but that's a whole other story
7: (laughs) (laughs) it's the it's the the L the LT moment
4: but by by the way let me throw it out to you and our audience the guy that spilled the drink, uh, and he's hovering over us while I'm talking to the, somebody else, he couldn't have been more apologetic. Again, I'm not going to cause this. Acc- I kept saying, look, accidents happen. You didn't mean to spill the drink. But what is the – this is like a Larry David episode. What's the protocol there? If I spill a drink on somebody accidentally, I'm not only buying your drink, I'm buying your meal.
6: Yeah. Okay. I'll tell so you happened? later
4: on what this guy okay. did or
0: didn't do. I,
4: I'm just like, what is what is the, the 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 protocol there? If you accidentally spill a drink on a human being at a restaurant, what do you do?
0: That's
7: see, radio pro Mike strikes again as we go to break. What do you do if you spill a drink on somebody? Accidentally. Accidentally. Just just the drink or just the drink. Just the drink, right? Not the meal. I mean, obviously, if you spill somebody's meal, you're gonna have to buy them the meal. No,
4: j- just the drink. You okay. spill the drink on someone's lap at a restaurant slash bar. Uh, now I, w- I now I eat. I was eating oh. at the bar as well because that's how I <laughs> look at, roll. Look
7: at this cat in the chat box. Haul ass. Oh, ass. Oh.
6: <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Your.
7: Yeah. Oh man, I I bet his first date was fight outside of its
4: rushes.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. What do you do about that? What do you do about that? And what do teams do about Mississippi State when you go into the hump? How about that too? Well, that'll be part of our conversation here in hour three. And there's John Strickland in the Nana Sports chat box. Who's Mike? Strick. Saw him at the airport. Saw him in the airport. Mike. That was that was
4: right. I think that was right. After the first drink was spilled in my lap. After the <laughs> coffee was spilled in my lap. Thank you for not yeah. judging me, Strick, as I was <sighs> stained from left hip across the equator to right hip.
6: Hmm.
7: Don't go anywhere. There's, there's a great ending coming up to this conversation. Hang tight. With all that said, buy your fence from Ryan Brewer. Ryanbrewer.net. We'll be right back.
2: <laughs> Down here in the south. We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka, might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America.
7: And raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velocric, Venton bikes, and more, and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
2: Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks!
6: While another one
1: closes,
9: Dad, please
5: can we please go today? Not today, sweetie.
9: One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own.
6: it to the ground These walls could fall right down Because you've become my home You don't have to tell longer Because you've become my home
7: Who's going to sing with me? of you?
6: No. Maybe.
7: All right. Welcome back. 105 here on Inside the Game Cox, the show. Live from the Sino Rama Studios and served by chicken cock whiskey or bourbon. Don't, don't, don't make that mistake. Don't spill chicken cock. If you can't find it, go to the Chief Sports app and pull up the Chicken Cock Challenge. And that is where you can type in your address and find it in a store near you. Breaking news, the top 25 is out. The Gamecocks are 26th. They did not crack the top <laughs> oh, from the AP. 108 votes received oh. for South Carolina. They did not crack the top 25 even <laughs> after doing what that's uh, like. That's this true. is
4: like the girl that you know. She keeps
7: unbelievable. She
4: keeps giving you a lot of attention. She she's giving you all the signals, and then the moment you ask her out, she's she's washing her hair that night. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, like it's again, like, the, like the, I said, it's it, owned
8: it, by the AP. No, yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It, it honestly doesn't really matter. But I get it. Like it's it's cool to see your name in the in the in the poll. But you know what's the bigger name? Uh, and they don't publish this, but we have access to it, and that's the Joe Linardi. You know, every day I get an update on who's in, who's not in, first four in, uh, last four out, next four out. Like that's the poll that matters. Nobody and cares at the end of they're the year. Firmly
7: in they're, they were an eight c going into the Missouri game.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, and I haven't, I haven't checked what the latest is. You know the, the the beating Missouri at home doesn't help your metrics right now. Sure. Winning, winning some of these road games coming up that would that would do it. That would that would definitely. Do I don't it. know.
7: It might not. Might not. Which <laughs> which kidding. one are we talking about? Oh, no, I'm just I'm being facetious. That's all. <clears throat> you are overly sarcastic today. You are
6: brimming. Yeah, well.
7: I look. I can't. I can't. I can't back off of what I said on Friday. Like, there's no way that they're not one of the top 25 teams in the country. Again, as you pointed out, you're, there's there's two sides of the conversation. There's the side that matters, which it doesn't matter. And then there's the side that doesn't matter, which is the badge of honor. Like, hey, we see you. We see you. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. That's that side of things. And the only reason that I was even going down that road is because Lamont has been asked about it twice. And he had been bashful about it. Yeah. He's like... He's not, he's not been the guy, you know, he's pretty quiet. Clearly, you spend a bunch of time with him. But he has not been the guy, when he's been asked about this, who's like, oh, we don't worry about that. You know, we just got to take care of business. He had not said that at all, actually. He has said, like he said on after the game Saturday, well, well you know what, they'll pay the price if they're not paying attention.
4: Yeah, so that was, that was, you know, he, he, he's nice been
7: pretty stern about where, because I think, like, the way that he sees it as a coach is, this is about my players. They deserve for people to pay attention to what they're doing, and and they've worked really hard to get here. They were totally written off. They were picked last in the league, And though So, anyways, I you know that's kind of where I came from with it last week. Like, I think that there's something wrong. There's how on earth through twenty games at seventeen and three, five and two in the league, without everything they've done, can you not consider them one of the top Reed, twenty-five in the country? Do you have the poll in front of you? Yeah,
4: twenty through twenty-five.
7: Okay, uh, Florida Atlantic at twenty, um, Dayton at twenty one, okay. uh, and they just got beat at Richmond. Uh, BYU at twenty two. Mark Pope doing a hell of a job. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma at uh, twenty three, at fifteen and five overall. I think they got swept this week, didn't they?
4: What are they in the Big Twelve?
7: Um. I'm oh, sorry,
4: that that's I didn't mean to put you on the spot with that. No, no, I can find it. It's, it's
7: the power of the internet, Mike. I can uh, well I know. It's, but it might well,
4: take you it, a few seconds to in a
7: hurry. I can I can pull it right up. They are up. currently in the Big Twelve. Um, three and four. Three and four. And mm-hmm. three and four. They're they're mm-hmm. down there. Fifteen and five overall. Oklahoma lost two games this week. They got beat by fifteen at home against Texas. They got beat by one at home against a uh, top 20 texas tech team
4: okay and then who's 24 25
7: alabama is back in there uh Uh, and uh tcu there tcu okay
4: so what what i what i gather from that knowing how a lot of these guys vote there's a lot of reputation votes yeah and you say what do you mean reputation fau fau just made it to the final four yep they have almost their entire roster back what do you mean, Dayton? Dayton's not a power Dayton's a very good program that's been to several NCAA tournaments, more than Carolina in recent years, and they're on the they're teams that were on the radar at the beginning of the year get the benefit of the doubt, just like football. You know, if you start if you start higher up, you can you can hang in there longer. Um if you if you're picked last in your conference and no one's talking about you at the beginning of the year, you gotta really fight for your place in the poll. That's just the way it is. So do I believe some of those teams are better than Carolina? No. But I'm not I'm not shocked the way the Jeez, poll came out. Who
7: has Dayton beaten this year?
6: They beaten uh them. well they, they usually
4: beat- play at a pretty they usually play in a pretty good non con conference tournament like in November. You mm-hmm. can look it up. I don't know if the top Well I'm day.
7: looking at it. I mean they they beat LSU in the third game of the year. Okay. Um, how St. John's doing this year?
4: Decent under Patino. They
7: beat Cincinnati. Um, they just got beat by Richmond. Richmond, but if anybody hadn't paid attention, by the way, Richmond is seven and zero in the A ten, fifteen and five overall. They're having spiders are having a good year. Gamecock fans probably still hate them from twenty six years ago. Don't blame you. I get uh, it. I remember um, that like it was yesterday exactly um, you know and
4: yeah the 810 is a good league like it's we A-10 we talk about the power league. 6 with big the big east being the number 6 but once you get past that the 810 is right there
7: mhm yeah it's a i i just you know i i you got to have a and i personally feel like you gotta see the whole picture and that's why you just asked who's twenty through twenty five? Well, you know, just to get right. an idea like what else is going on out there. Yeah, what, I don't what, like
4: complaining there? about things unless I unless I can confidently say well, here's who got here's who needs to be replaced. It's like mm-hmm. when you're when you're getting mad over a snub and an all star team. Okay, well who would you vote out?
7: Right. Right. Yeah.
4: Like anybody can just say somebody goes in. So but again, this will take care of itself. Gimme give me the next three when, games when, for when tomorrow, games. tomorrow
7: night. Yeah. Give me the next oh. three
8: games for Carolina.
7: So, well, uh, you yeah, got. Go ahead.
8: Man, yeah, what at go Tennessee ahead. is Georgia also this at, week? And, yeah, at, at, Georgia, Tennessee, the, at, Georgia, yeah against, at Tennessee at Georgia,
4: and, yep, then, home and then home against
8: Tennessee at Georgia.
4: Yep, and then home against Ole Miss. So, okay, Miss, yeah, you win two out of those three, and mark my words, you will be in every top twenty-five poll on the planet.
7: Yeah. I promise you, <laughs> two out of three. <laughs> You'd like to think, you know. Actually, well, I mean, let, let's go with the next four because you know how the rankings come out on Mondays. So you okay. got Tennessee this week, Georgia this week, and then next week, Mike, you got Georgia at home, and then you got Vanderbilt at home, and everybody expects that to be a win. Absolutely wait a minute, wait, wait a win. You said
4: Georgia at home. You meant you meant Ole Miss. Yeah.
7: No, no, okay. Ole Miss. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. At Tennessee, at Georgia this week, and then next week you're home against Ole Miss and Vandy. Okay, So you went three out of those four. Win
4: went three out of four, and I guarantee you're in every poll on the planet. Now, if you... If you lose one of those home games and you don't win at Tennessee, you're not in any poll. If you lose no. at Tennessee and at Georgia, yeah, and you win the next two, you're not you're probably not in any poll.
7: Yeah, I so I I I have um and I I I get it. I know where people are coming from, but they th- there's been this I don't know, I don't know Mike if it's a false narrative, I don't know, but there's been this conversation about the month of February uh, for GameCop basketball and how it's easier than the month of January. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Like, mm. I, what did I miss here? I mean, the month of January, I mean, they've you – get, you get they beat Mississippi State, which we're talking about them in just a second. They went to Alabama. They went to Missouri. They had Georgia at home, at Arkansas, Kentucky at home, Missouri at home, and then they wrap up with Tennessee on the road, which is, of course – You know, those road trips, Arkansas, Tennessee, Bama, I get it. Very, very difficult. But, I mean, what am I missing here? Because February, they got to go to Georgia. Last I checked, they're having a nice year, right? You got Ole Miss. I get it. You got Vanderbilt in there, but then you got to go to Auburn. I mean, hello. Uh, You got LSU at home. Then you got to go to Ole Miss and then you got to go to AM back to back road trips. I mean, I'm not so sure that that's much easier than what we just saw in January. Would you? See, you're making me.
8: I think the home just, away makes it a bit more difficult just because you end up at two away games and places yeah. that are pretty intense and old miss, but who knows what's gonna happen there. I mean, if they keep losing that, you know, that may not be a very hostile environment by the time you reach the end of February. It might not um, be, yeah. And and I'm trying to Well, road
7: like road trips in general in this league are very hard to win on the road.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah,
7: yeah. When you got four road trips in one month, I, I don't, I don't uh, circle the wagons and say, "Well, it's going to be easier this month than it was last month." I, I don't believe. Really, I don't see
8: it. I'm kind of with you there, Jv. Other than the fact that you got the big Vanderbilt in the middle of it, I mean, maybe that's everybody what everybody had been focused on. But yeah. you, you know, this team would probably relish the opportunity to steal that game at Georgia this weekend because they, you know, stole one from you at home. What, you know, yeah.
6: The,
7: I hate that Vanderbilt game where it falls. It falls right before the trip to Auburn. I I hate that.
8: <laughs> the uh I, I think this team will get through it.
7: Mature team. Mature team. Yeah. Yeah,
8: yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, Mike. I'm just saying
4: I'm I'm looking at the schedule now, so I don't I don't see you guys as I'm looking. Um you're absolutely right, Jamie. I mean, I don't know who would claim that this is an easier like there's no let up here. <laughs> Tennessee twice <coughs> at Mississippi State, uh Florida home game, swing game, Ole Miss home Ole Miss away, uh Ole Miss twice at Auburn, at Georgia. You yeah, know, that's a that's a brutal stretch. But the the way I would also counter that is you're not alone. There's a ton of teams that have a brutal stretch because there's just no there's very little dead weight in this league this year. So, like I said before, Auburn just lost two in a row. Really good teams in this league will go on a little bit of a losing streak. We'll lose two, sometimes even three in a row. There will be an NCAA tournament team out of this conference that probably loses three games in a row. Um, it's just it's a stacked deck. But would you rather play in that or a weak league where you're lucky if the league gets two bids? So this well, is, this I mean, is the price you pay.
7: Yeah, to your point, I mean, we, we can we can fuss and discuss the Gamecocks schedule all we want to. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, I mean, they're all tough right now in the SEC, but I'm not so sure anybody has had a schedule like Mississippi State's to begin the season in the SEC. Sweet Jesus. I mean, they had to come to Columbia, and when you look at, like, that's the thing, is a lot of people have these conversations without changing anything in their thought process from the way that they saw it before the season began or before the conference slate began. Teams get better. Teams get worse. Teams surprise you. Teams, you know, and and so I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes. But when you look at what Mississippi State has gone through, Mike, wow. I mean, three and four is probably a blessing to that program and Chris Jans. They had to come to Columbia. Clearly, we all see what the Gamecocks are doing. Then they had the Vols come to town, and they beat them. And then they had Alabama come to town, and they lost by eight. And then they had to go where? Kentucky. And they lost by 13. They did have a little bit of a break in there with Vanderbilt, but then they just had to hit the road for the Swamp. You called the game when they got beat by nine against the Gators. I called the game when they beat Tennessee. And then they – well, then somebody over there is about to hire you because they just just had – now they did. They did just beat Auburn without you. I'll, I'll give them that. They they were able to pull off the upset, but they did have Pat Bradley in there, so maybe it's a Pat Bradley thing. That's true. So they beat Auburn by six, but then here they're next to at Ole Miss, who just went into A and M and won the game, and then they've got to go on the road to Alabama, and that's those are their first nine games of the year. Yeah. Ooh, and and there's a reason why the Ken Palms got them. At 32, and I where are they? 38 now in the net rankings, Mike. Like, well, and I they're, give they're them 36. They're a tournament team.
4: I give them credit. Remember? Do you remember their conference record last year? No. They made the tournament.
7: Well, I know they made the tournament, but I don't remember the conference record. Okay,
4: they were eight and ten.
7: Okay, I I, I was about to say seven and eleven. So okay, they're, all right. There yeah. were
4: two SEC teams that were nine and nine, and didn't make the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, how was that? Well, they're that, non-con. Yeah. Again, it's it. Don't don't get obsessed with win total. I hear twenty wins. That's the magic number. There is no magic number because we're not dealing apples to apples. Same Every, thing
7: college baseball. Forty is not the number. Of anymore.
4: course, yeah. How many yeah. times have you heard that old axiom? Oh, right. 40 is the magic number. And if you want to, no, no, not everybody's got the same schedule. Not everybody's in the same conference. Some yeah. team schedule. And look, if we're being brutally honest, the non-con strength of schedule is not going to benefit South Carolina.
7: No, it's just not
4: okay. But that was to me that was smart scheduling. You got a you got a new group of players and a program that's hasn't had much success lately. You need to build confidence. You do what you have to do. They beat some brand name schools, not necessarily great ones, but brand name schools. Grand Canyon, as we talked about on the broadcast Saturday, man, you are all about go antelopes. What's their? I don't know. Is this their thing? Is
7: that? What what does an antelope
4: do? I don't know. Lopes up, lopes down, lopes all around.
7: (laughs) Uh, uh, There's a lot of antelope in Wyoming. I know that. I you you
4: want them in the top 50 is the point that we were making. Yeah, right. You want that to be a quad one, desperately. Yeah. Well, they uh, are.
7: They're 48. Right. Virginia Tech's at 45. They've got Duke on their home floor tonight, you so go. go Hokies.
6: Go, go Hokies, go <laughs> so Lopes. So that's about that's about what you, that you want.
8: Foul. Yeah, at the end of the Clemson-Duke game. That pissed yep. me off. No I know. Need a like, Clemson yeah, to win. We need you to win these damn games. We can't yep. on
4: the- I tried to make that point once in baseball, I think. And, I mean, you know, you're not going to convince Gamecock fans to ever pull for Clemson. But if you're a bubble team, and Carolina could very well be – there's going to be a number of good teams in this league that are going to be on the bubble come March. Um, If you're a bubble team, you want Clemson to be ranked as highly as possible and Grand Canyon and Virginia Tech.
7: Just saying. How many many are right now – Mike, the tournaments today, there are – eight five there's eight in for sure today I think so okay so Bama Tennessee South Carolina Auburn Kentucky Mississippi State who am I missing A&M and Ole Miss or Florida I th-
4: I think there's going to be Florida and yeah. Ole Miss are going to be bubble teams
6: yeah yeah they'll Florida go in, and, in and, and,
4: and, and maybe one of them gets over the top and one of them doesn't for that Georgia? matter Georgia could be a bubble team by the end of the year
7: absolutely every team as you just pointed out Except for Vanderbilt, Missouri. Well, I'm sorry, Arkansas, but you too. Except for right. those three teams, everybody else has enough on the schedule. Quad With, one, quad two opportunities. No question. No every question. every single team. Yeah,
4: yeah. No, I think up. I. If you were to ask me, put me on the spot now, I'd say the league gets eight, which would tie the most that the SEC has ever gotten, and the SEC and the Big Twelve will will lead the country in bids. The ACC will struggle to get four.
7: which is Dude, fantastic. the ACC right now could be struggling to get two, as it stands you know, today. They, they may have or not number two, one, but have two struggling to get three. Yeah,
4: no, they'll they'll I get it. Right? They'll get. My guess is they'll get at least three. Uh, struggle to get four, and that's nuts. It, it you know if you but that's when and, and I get asked the question all the time, like how has that happened? It's real simple. Like the SEC, if you look at the top 100 rankings of players over the years, and then you look at the coaches that they've been able to accumulate in, in the league, the SEC leads the way. The SEC leads the way in first-round draft picks over the last six years, not the ACC. More top 100 players, not the ACC. And then, you know, Bayheim, Kay, Williams, you know, they all retire like you're losing legends of the sport. And no matter who you replace them with, there's going to be some drop-off. You know, those are the Nick Sabins of their respective programs. So you you add all that up, and it's been a tsunami that the SEC, quite frankly, has benefited from some of the demise of the ACC.
8: Wow. You think the SEC strong enough, Mike, conference wise, that if you come out of it with a 500 record, you're not on the bubble you're in? Well, if you're one of the bubble teams, you mean? Yeah, no, I mean, like any no, team I know you're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sits there right now. That's like you know, eh, you know, in that like five through eight. That Phil, that's the
4: question. That's why. I, that's why I brought up Mississippi State last year. So they're eight and ten, but their metrics get them in. Well, Florida was nine and nine.
7: Yeah, and there was right.
4: another SEC team that was nine and nine, that did not make it. And that's uh, off the top of my head. I'm not remembering which one it was. Uh, so. Hmm. Again, not all nine and nines are built the same. So it'd be real easy to just say, oh, yeah, nine and nine and you're automatic. Well, it depends who you are. It depends what your resume is. Not every nine and nine is the same. But I I would have to say, I mean, if we're we're pulling this back around to Carolina, if you're nine and nine with a signature win against Kentucky, uh, if some of those games we talked about non-con turn out to be quad one, then you're sitting in a really good spot, really good spot. And if you could just win one more of those, beat a Tennessee, beat an Auburn.
7: um, uh, Beat them all. I mean, quit playing no, around with just, it. Just, just beat, beat them all, one man. of
4: them, Jamie. Don't get greedy. Don't get no, greedy. no. Just,
7: just beat them all, Mike. Just start just tomorrow. night. Walk man. in there. Walk, you know, connect with the balls. You know, just, just, just connect the dots here. <laughs> you would, you,
4: you, you in that name. I'm telling you what. Um, I'm not like
7: giving it up now that I know what yeah, it is.
4: I, now that you know That's what right. it is, you're gonna have a field day with that thing.
7: Yeah, gonna, you know,
4: but no, gonna, look it I, I have a feeling we're we're gonna be having this conversation. Like again, I, I made the analogy to, to 04 and, and that 04 team came out of nowhere and got off to a good start and then got humbled a bit and then also had Rolando Howell get injured. Um but but got in there before losing the Cal's Memphis team. Uh but it was a bubble team, had to win a couple games in the SEC tournament. And and that's the other thing we haven't talked about. Yeah. When it's see, Mississippi State beat florida in the sec tournament and mississippi state got in at 8 and 10 and florida did not at 9 and 9 so mark my words the sec tournament is going to be a do or die for more than a couple sec teams this year
7: Mm. nashville
4: because the bubble is going to be
7: strong crazy strong
4: strong bubble
7: FYI, the big the Big East has entered the chat because uh, they they're coming on oh, it's strong a good league. as well. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very Chinese good league.
4: You don't have to sell me on the Big East. That is a very very good league.
7: I I love when the Big East is good too in basketball. I'm a I'm I. I've, it's it's a tradition. Like we talk yeah. about all these. We got to go to break, but uh, but you talk about all these. Like you, you call every gym in in the league, Mike. You know, we talk about student section and crowds and this that and the other. Anybody see what happened to Providence this weekend? Which, oh, by the way, one of Frank Martin's former players here is a freaking dude now at Providence, uh, Devin Carter. I mean, he's a dude. Like, he's high flying and doing behind the back dunks and eating Cheetos while he's dunking one handed in the air. Like, you've never seen anything like this. He's a, he's a globe trotter, but playing for the Friars. And, but, but that whole league, that's what they, Mike, it's so cold up there. They just live and breathe. They're like, let's go get in a warm gym. And it probably drink There's a no bunch football. of yeah. There's no drink football, J-Cock yeah, and drink chicken cock bourbon all day, yeah, exactly. You get all yeah. fired up to pull our team through. That's, it's crazy. It's like,
4: it's like Creighton. Creighton yeah. gets uh, Warren Buffett money, so they have ni like Creighton gets players now. Well, how does Creighton get players? They don't even have football. Well, because all their money goes to basketball. basketball. You know?
7: <laughs> That's, Marquette.
4: Yeah, it's like so what I Shock mean, is doing. it's nuts. It's not, that sometimes there is a a, a advantage to not having football in terms of for those schools. I mean, I wouldn't want it, but um, um, for them that's that's their their calling card. We can't, like Xavier. Mm-hmm. Now, Xavier gets a Sean Miller because Sean Miller knows they've got the facilities, they've got the money, they've got the fan base and it's the only game in town. They yeah. they all about that one sport.
7: Well, UConn was all about whipping that rear end this past weekend. 99-56 to 56 was the final score in that game. So.
4: UConn's pretty good.
7: <laughs> Welcome back to the Big East, Sean. Uh, not a lot of Gamecock fans today uh, beating the doors down for Sean Miller over Lamont Paris, by the way, uh, with where South Carolina is at 17-3 and and uh, Xavier at 10-10 and in the Big East. So there's a little, little nugget for you. All right, uh, let's hit a uh, timeout here. Um, <clears throat> when we return, I haven't gotten to uh, to Talon with you yet, Talon Cooper. I'm not sure if you had a chance to talk to to talk to Talon this weekend uh, or not. But uh, we'll talk find. Tie. out.
4: Jack talked Thai very well. Yeah, that's right. Meet me sure. the parents.
7: I'm not sure if you were able to connect. Got that. with with uh, Talon or not. But um,
4: uh, no, I talked more with Michi than than Talon. Uh, I talked oh. to Carrie uh, about Talon and oh. his whole. Uh, story because Talon was was definitely coveted in the uh, NIL portal market mm-hmm. but that's where again having a guy like Kerry Rich and his connections uh, certainly helps again big part of that roster Kerry Rich deserves a lot of credit um, for for helping formulate that roster Every every head coach has to have some people on his staff that can help out. I mentioned Rick Barnes didn't know Dalton connect was Mm -hmm. from Northern Colorado, but one of his assistant coaches said, Hey, Rick, I'm telling you right now, this, this dude up in Northern Colorado, he's a baller. All right. I trust your judgment. Go get him. That's how a lot of those things are done. It's not the head coach constantly on top of every recruiting situation. Your staff has to be, has to play a role in all that.
7: That's part of the reason why Carrie is on staff. We'll have you connect those dots when we get back. Plus the, plus, uh, we will, uh, uh, quickly reminisce <clears throat> on what happened yesterday in the NFC and AFC championship games as well. We've got the Golden Tones. Gamecock Traditions has you covered. If you want to look good when you watch the Gamecocks play, it's Gamecock Traditions in Lexington and the Village at Sandhill. and most importantly for all of those that don't live in the immediate area, GamecockTraditions.com. They've got the largest selection of Under Armour apparel in the entire state, and they'll deliver it to your doorstep, anything and everything. Maybe you need a new cup for your chicken cock bourbon. Bingo. There you go. Maybe you need that quarter zip to look like Lamont. There, he, I'm done. Over. Maybe you need some of the new Under Armour shoes to look like Mark Kingston on game day coming up in three weeks. I mean, look no further. It's Gamecock Traditions in Lexington and the Village at Sandhill. Hill. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
4: This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit G's BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
7: Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Dough Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. The Barn Dough Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
2: Down here in the south. We don't always see eye to eye, while our tastes in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America. And raised in the South.
7: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all time in games played at bats and triples, second all time in hits with 299 singles and total bases third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you. Diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call them at 859 414 8240. Email soups swingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup swing Shop. Play ball. <laughs> All right, it's one thirty-eight on a Monday afternoon. It's beautiful outside. If you haven't been out there, go outside at two oh one when we are. If you're outside before that, it's fine. That's what the Chief Sports app is for. Take us with you and um, enjoy what has turned into a yeah outstanding start to the work week. That's the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Uh, who, if you watched the South Carolina game this weekend, you heard him calling it. Mad Dog, of course, always at Master Control. Myself, JB. Schubert will be back tomorrow. Uh, Had some things that kind of come up that he needed to go uh, take care of. um, And um, he will be in with us as we get ready to rock and roll tomorrow night for the game in Knoxville, which will uh, feature Talon Cooper, as every game does for the Gamecocks, because he's a point guard. Is there a more valuable point guard in the SEC than Talon Cooper? Uh,
4: We said this on the broadcast, uh, Mark and I did, to me, uh, to us for that matter, the most valuable point guards in this league in no particular order Talon Cooper, Jacob Pullen of Florida, and Mark Sears of Alabama. I don't even think it's close. Um, mm-hmm. The Now, they all do it in different ways. Pullen and, and Cooper are co- are better comps because Sears is like a score-first guard. Yeah, uh, Cooper and Pullen control the game. They're the calming influence. They keep everybody at bay. When something's going wrong, boom. Uh, I can't tell you Talon, what I found out about Talon Cooper. Now, Talon did get – after the Kentucky performance, there actually was some phone calls to certain people from NBA teams like, tell me more about this guy. doesn't mean they're going to draft him. It just means, hmm that was intriguing what he just did. He pretty much dominated the game in his own way. Um, but even if that doesn't come to fruition, he's going to be a coach. I mean, Talon Cooper wants to coach. And he'll be a good one. And he's a coach on the floor. I mean, if you yeah. watch him, I watched him in practice the whole day. I mean, when when a player doesn't know where to go, he's there to tell him. When a player does something wrong, he's there to encourage him. When a player does something right, he's there to congratulate him. He he is a literal coach on the floor um again this team would would not be nearly the same without him so uh there, it's a it's a good year for point guards in the sec but he is right up there and i just i love the way he does it he's a, an old school point guard and that you used to not ask your point guards to score a ton uh but to control the game value the basketball make everybody better that's what he does
6: they
7: wouldn't be 17 and 3 or 14 and 3 or six or whatever or anything remotely close without Talon Cooper no that's, that's for sure so what were you saying before he we went to break though I mean he obviously he got out of the state this is his third program he got to come back home he I know he's repeatedly said I wanted to come home and do some special things here which they're doing they're in the midst of doing right now if they can continue that, that way what, what did you learn about how Carrie Rich Brought him kind of into the into the well,
4: spotlight I mean, for with, yeah. Without getting too deep into the weeds, there was somebody. Yeah, there there's a couple of guys on this roster. Michi Johnson's another one that were all for nil money to go to other places. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. um, and in some ways, Gamecock basketball are like the Oakland A's of the nil world in in SEC basketball. They mm-hmm. they don't have the budget that some of these other programs do. Okay, they they are moneyballing it. They are Brad Pitt in Moneyball. And, and and they are being they are being more creative than other programs that are shelling out more coin, and that's the and and the case the relationship that Kerry Rich has with a number of coaches, uh, and and players throughout the state that helped land Talon Cooper when he had other offers. So, without getting too specific, be thankful for Kerry Rich, on multiple levels.
7: We're all thankful for Kerry Rich. He's he has dedicated his life to game basketball, and he's done else outs- F- and
0: basketball
4: dis- in general in this state. By the way, yeah. Rich. Full disclosure: I, I've known Kerry for twenty plus years. I consider him a friend. Yeah. Some people might say I'm being biased. I'm not. Being no, biased. you're not. I, I I know. I know. Again, I know this program very well. I know the challenges. I know the history. I know a number of the things. Uh, that surround the program that are more than meets the eye. Carrie yeah. Rich is an invaluable resource to Gamecock basketball, and I'll leave it at that.
7: Uh, again, if you missed the news, uh, shifting from Gamecock basketball to Gamecock baseball, uh, preseason All-Americans, first teamers, teammates, Cole Messina and Ethan Petrie as uh, Carolina baseball is set to crank up. Tonight in college basketball, it could be another one of those nights. We pointed this out a little while ago, 7 o'clock, On ESPN, seventh-ranked Duke is in Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg to take on the Hokies of Virginia Tech. Gamecock fans should be pulling for Virginia Tech hard in this one. Uh, It would continue to help the metrics for South Carolina. And then you've got fourth-ranked Houston tonight on the road at Texas at 9 o'clock on ESPN from the Moody Center in Austin, Texas, where they'll be. Very much coddled by their home fan base. I got news for Texas. And Mike, you can't get in all this because you're going to be calling their games, but I can't because I'm not. What just happened to BYU ain't happening in the SEC. So when students pull up with horns down on their t shirts and you making them take them off, give me a break. It's going to happen in this league in football, it's going to happen in basketball, it's going to happen in baseball, and it's going to happen in all the other sports too. Matter of fact, the SEC right now is getting prepared by watching how sensitive Texas is to this horns down gesture. They're all they're all scheming. All the little student groups and everybody at all these schools where you're, Texas is going to have to travel to. You know what's going on, Phil? People with bald heads like yourself, they're going to be writing horns down
8: on the top of them.
7: That's I mean, what I was like,
8: going to say. It was like the kids aren't going to be wearing shirts. They're just going to have it painted on their chests. Yeah. The ace in the SEC, you're gonna have to remove them if you want them gone. Yeah, if Texas is
7: smart, (laughs) toughen up and let it happen because it's coming, you can't stop it when it gets in here. And as a matter of fact, on top of all of that, the SEC uh, and their uh, director of officials have already said, Yeah, horns down in a penalty in this league. Okay, we take everything on a case by case basis. If for some reason it stirred up something or it was, you know, made in some sad gesture that whatever. Yeah, it, we're not throwing flags for horns down in the southeastern conference. So, get over it. Uh, I found that just unbelievable this weekend. as BYU students had to take their T-shirts off. Crazy.
4: Yeah, that's that's not happening. There's not going to be any unique treatment for that. Uh, teams that beat Florida do the Gator Chomp uh, to their to their fan players. Right. Do it. I mean, like the, there's schools taunt other schools. As long as again, you're not going to draw a penalty unless a player does it in another player's face. That's taunting. That's a different deal. But in Dang terms that. of fans doing stuff, or if a, <laughs> if a kid's about to score a touchdown and does horns, like I don't see that being uh, an issue. What? And uh, t- Texas will have to adapt.
7: Yeah, That's just dude, how it is. You just brought up the, you brought up in, Exhibit A in the SEC. Exhibit A: there are 13 different programs and campuses that can't wait to beat the Gators when they walk on their home floor or their home field or their home, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they love chopping them. Yeah. When they absolutely. walk off the court off the field, that's yeah. what they do. 2005 Spurrier beat them. 80,000 people were doing the chop in Williams price stadium. Mike, that's you were right. there. You saw it.
6: Yeah. No
4: Nobody. flag. Yeah, and nobody wrote the SEC saying there should be a, a fine or something ridiculous. No, right. yeah, there was no, no
6: petition.
4: There was yeah, no petition. The There's no petition. Yeah, yeah. Right.
8: That, that, get that, over that. it. It is what it is. It get is over it. it. Yeah. Just, honestly, just like, I, don't think, up, I don't think I don't think your average text. Yeah, well, well, I was gonna say. Wait till you're doing that with you know fifty thousand cowbells ringing at you. Yeah, you. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right.
7: if there's anything that's a penalty, it's the cowbell. Like, yeah. I can't hear because they're ringing cowbells. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the one. That's
4: the one unique exception that the SEC has mm-hmm. for the artificial noisemaker in Starkville, and maybe it's because it's one of the smaller stadiums around. But everything else has just a
8: uniform rule, except for Starkville with the cowbell. And I'm glad for that. Yeah, I like it. I like the tailbell where they're coming from, too. And that it it is it's they're, you know, they're supporting the taunting. Like, like the one exception we make is for them to taunt you worse. Yeah, 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 right. (laughs) Exactly.
7: I mean, dude, I I just whatever, man, I don't know. The more I see it, the more I'm like, man, Texas is going to come in here and get the doors blown off of them if they're that sensitive to everything. So they better get over it because it's happening. Um, But anyways, that's for you know, we'll fuss and discuss that next year when they're getting the doors blown off of them, Mike. Yeah.
4: There we go. Hey, I want to mention, we're not going to do the Love Chevy driver on the SEC today. We'll try to uh, hit that later in the week on a Friday, perhaps. Uh, Friday. But do want to mention, as always, Love has the largest inventory and the lowest price guaranteed. No games, no gimmicks, no ridiculous add-on stickers. Still home of the $1,000 low price guarantee. You can buy your next Chevy with confidence from the folks that make car buying fun and affordable that's the great folks that love chevrolet ben hoover and the gang do an outstanding job there and while we're on the subject of automobiles how about uh, if you're looking for a new (laughs) automobile insurance provider or home insurance provider whatever the case may be state farm agent gary patterson been my guy for over 20 years gary net for more information serves columbia the midlands blue golf lexington camden blythewood uh, switching is easy. They do it all the time. You Sometimes you think you're getting, like, bargain rates when you go with somebody else. You're really not. So you're getting better better coverage and very often better prices as well. Believe me, I've been on both sides of the fence, having good insurance <clears throat> with Gary and having not so good, as I've told you here recently, because I had to get a different policy out of state. Ooh, uh, trust me, GaryPatterson.net for all your insurance needs. Gary Patterson of State Farm Insurance. Do we ever solve the, the, I think most people agreed on chat row. You spill a drink on somebody accident or not at bare minimum, you buy them a drink.
7: You oh, buy them a drink. Oh yeah. The very, yeah, Correct.
4: Yeah. You, you buy him a drink. Right. Uh, now this particular individual just kept buying his own drinks as if nothing ever happened. I mean, and the the people were all watching this transpire. They're all looking at him, and he kind of annoyed everybody at the bar because he's he doesn't know any of us, but he's talking everybody's ear off,
7: right? He's oh, that guys. he's he's that he's that guy. guy. He's the that airport guy. guy. The airport yes. guy. The airport. So, God.
4: so and he's he's over serving himself.
7: The, the only thing is, the only thing that's I mean, worse than the airport guy is the airplane guy.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's when you get the headsets on. I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you. I, I, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. I've got.
7: I've got Chief Sports on. Can't, can't make it out. Yeah, hey, you speak to me when I ask you to speak to me. Do you understand that?
8: <laughs> so did he acknowledge that he had wronged you in any way or fashion? Did he no, say he he apologized, he apologized all okay, over the place.
4: Okay, Absolutely. Okay. And I kept saying, look, it's not your fault. It's an accident. Stuff happens. Like, I, I, it wasn't a huge deal. But it got me to thinking, because I've had a situation like that. I didn't spill a drink in a guy's lap, but I, I, I spilt a drink uh at a table, I can't remember at a restaurant or something, and I paid for their meal because I just thought it was the right thing to do. Um, in this case, you're talking about, you know, a, a, a do something, but it never came, and the people are, are all like, wait, or watching, like, is this guy going to do something? Like, no, he's just going <laughs> to, he's going to apologize.
8: Sorry. Get some, and then order some more tricks for himself. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, airport. Yeah, now I need two. I just lost it's one. The <laughs> we could do
4: like this is the Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. They're about to do a final season, right? And I don't know if you guys watch the show, but it's it's brilliant and it's typical Larry, who's the brains behind George Costanza of Seinfeld. I could do a whole two hours on that, but I won't. Um, and and the beauty of that show is just. Larry finds things that people find annoying except Larry points them out, and most people are like, too polite to do it. And, and what you come away with that show is the, the, people in, the people that amaze me are the people that have no self-awareness. Mm. Like I get on planes and off of planes mm-hmm. for a living, right? And I just watch like some people – when you get on a plane – don't take twenty minutes to put your stuff in the overhead. Agreed. Make your seat nice and cozy, and organize your paper. Yeah. There's a hundred people behind Agreed. you waiting to get on and the and getting plane. off the
7: plane too, and getting get off, your off the plane. And go. Yeah. I,
4: I I would feel I like put a shot clock on myself. Like I got I, do too. I got five yeah. ten seconds, and then I got to move along. Hundred percent agree. Have some self awareness. Yeah. Some people have no they have no self awareness whatsoever.
7: Dude, None. I I could not agree with you more. I think it is a, I'm so glad somebody else said that because I'm with you and it's, it's the exact same thing. Like when you're in the, in the grocery aisle at the grocery store, the guy who stands in front of the product for five minutes contemplating right. whether he's going to buy it. And you're like, right, right. do I ask the guy to move? Do I not ask the guy to move? Do I yeah. just step in front? What do I do with this guy?
6: I um, can't stand
7: that either. Just,
4: just, just amazing.
7: Or, or the, just or the. The sidewalk guy, sidewalk guy who doesn't move when you're crossing on the side, crossing paths on the right. right, He continues to walk down the middle. I'm why am I always the one that tries to move for the guy walking at me? What if we just both keep walking? We're going to walk into each other, you jackass. See,
5: see,
4: this is this is the show. This is Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is how Larry has made like 10 successful seasons out of that show because there's all kinds of these situations where some people are completely living in their own world with no self awareness, no common courtesy. And other 100%. people tolerating it as best they can,
7: dude. I'm so glad. It just made my Monday is. I'm gonna have such a great day now. I'm so <laughs> because I always feel like I'm the only, I'm stuck in my own little bubble. Like, do other people not think like? What the yeah. hell is wrong with people? Oh, I. You, it, okay. it drives me. My Should My wife's wife, like
4: she. She knows. She's like, oh no, you're. This is gonna bother you, isn't it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Like, just be <laughs> yeah, polite. Just is it so hard to be polite? It's so hard to have common. Just common yes. courtesy and self awareness. My goodness, it is. you know the the planet's only getting more populated. This country's only getting more populated, about eight million more people here in the last couple of years. Uh, <laughs> just, just you gotta you gotta figure out certain decorum. Like, not everything has a sign. Stop. Go. Speed limit. Some things you just have to know. Intuition wise, this is how we conduct ourselves in a society. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Wait, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. It's not gonna, Nobody's going to write you a map, and they might not teach it to you in third grade, but you just have to know. you got to figure it don't. out. <laughs> yeah. got, and, and, and somebody said, yeah, uh, Sonder Day's flying brings out the worst in people. I'm telling you, it really it does. does. It does. Flying brings exactly. out the absolute worst in people. There's mm-hmm. so many things I see on a given day on, a, on an airplane. I'm like, oh,
7: man. Hold on, exactly. I've got to jot all this stuff down. We're going to need this for late July.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are exactly. you going to talk about
7: today, boys? Uh, after yeah,
4: wine? after you've burned out the preseason uh college Watch football poll for the 27th yeah. time, who are the top inside linebackers in the SCC? Let's break it down for the next 2 hours.
3: Yeah.
7: That ain't me. <laughs> everybody should know by now that ain't me that ain't we got plenty of
4: you know on, on uh on jc and morgan today we had paid on so we did a little fiver dimer i said what's the ultimate dimer for you and i took jaws and shawshank off the table because those are two of my tops he, he threw me a curveball twister Ooh, and i was like twister and then I, I thought why. about it he's a storm chaser he's a st- well i didn't know that yeah and to me twister is a classic case like i always say about roadhouse it's a two-star movie, but you can't help but watch it when it's on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a very oh, yeah. definition of a dimer. They're not all Godfather. Some of them are just average movies, but when they're on, and then I forgot how good the cast was in that movie. Killer. Mm-hmm. Go down yeah. and look at like the fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh premiere actor in that movie. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, really? Yeah, I forgot was, he was in of there.
6: Started. Yeah. Star- all star of stud. Them. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Yeah, and it's got a, a fake a fake flying cow. So hey, who, who doesn't want to see a good fake flying cow?
7: Cow. Another cow. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
7: Way to go, Helen. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and cut. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Helen uh, Hunt, the um, Castaway was on the other day. That's another movie I can't help but watch every time it's on. Because it's the ocean for me. No, nope, yep, I, I, I can't. No. No? You can't no. watch it?
8: Watched it once, really? Eight. No, can't do you're it. Not,
7: you're not fascinated by be, by being stranded on a island in the Pacific for five
8: years. That's a struggle I would relish. Phil <laughs> 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 Phil like- everything he went through. I'm like. Damn if that doesn't look like heaven! That, that island
4: would would turn into Mad Dog Island by the time Phil was done with it. People be flocking to join his island. You know, he would turn it into a utopia. That's Man, just the magic the of, of Phil. Did you Ballen hear about actually. the
7: new nudist beach in the Pacific? Yes. Yeah, Mad Dog's place. Oh, yeah.
4: With D Love singing tunes on the karaoke yeah, machine late at every late every night.
8: It's gonna turn into <laughs> Key West, South Pacific. Key <laughs> 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 West, South Pacific, Bad D- D- Dog's D- Island. D- love. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Something tells me D love. Yeah, she wouldn't care. do it. The twister for me is—I mean—that one's uh, pushing Grant. I'm sure around here, it's—it's it's one of those. You're right. It's a re- re- remote dropper. It—it's mm-hmm.
4: just—it's on, and we were talking oh. about like uh, what's her name. Uh, the female, not not Helen Hunt, but the other one. I
8: always forget her the name. My wife brought her up the other day because she's part owner of uh, of the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Atlanta so Hawks. I,
4: I've seen her at some games, and mm-hmm. and she got her start on Less Than Zero, just kind of a dark movie, but a really good movie. And then she was the I can't spare a square in Seinfeld, yeah. in the stall that wouldn't it wouldn't give her her toilet paper to the empty stall person next to her. Speaking of common courtesy. Um, and uh and then she she was an entourage she had a role mm-hmm. in entourage she played the guy who played the boss in office spaces wife mm-hmm. jamie gertz jamie gertz thank you jamie Gertz. Nice so you got nice. jamie gertz you got the guy who played ferris bueller's best friend and ferris bueller's day off who's also in succession mm-hmm. yeah cameron. i can't remember his name but he's in there cameron um and you've got uh what's his name white chocolate let it rain one of my favorite actors before he passed away I'm the blonde hair guy
7: yeah i can't remember oh, his Phil- name philip seymour hoffman philip seymour yeah. hoffman
4: yeah. who's good in everything yeah,
7: yeah. strange bird. bird good actor yeah strange very,
8: good actor. Yeah, very good actor what I'm a cast curious, which is the yeah the guy that was in princess bride was in that i mean that I mean, it's just
4: yeah they're all over the place that's and that's half like if you want a rewatchable movie Give me an average plot, but a good cast, and I might still keep coming back for more. And that's Twister. And that's why it's a dimer. (laughs) Boom. Boom. We've covered a lot here in the second hour of this program. (laughs) We have covered a lot. Bring it all home.
7: Uh, it is uh, on the day calendar. It is National Corn Chip Day. So for those of you who are big fans of corn oh, chip, man. be a big fan of salsaritas. Go get the nachos if you're in the Heck Columbia. Yeah,
4: area. go get yourself a Fiesta pack, a three amigo bundle.
7: Mm-hmm. 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 Some this, that, and the other. Uh, some, sa- some sad. Some news. Unfortunately, too. Can you hear me?
4: Got gotcha. you. Yeah.
7: Okay. Uh, some sad news. Through. To uh, pass along today, uh, former Atlanta Braves assistant coach Jimmy Williams has passed away. Jimmy, Oh, Williams. man. Uh, part of some incredible runs, or the incredible yeah. run, for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, hats off to my man Bobby Harton for uh, tweeting earlier, uh, with RIP to the guy who waved Sid Bream home. Yeah.
4: It's my favorite bobblehead that I own. Oh, it's yeah. a picture of Bream sliding, Lavalier, the catcher, and the home plate umpire calling him safe. They gave that away at a Braves game when I was working there, and uh, I cherish that one.
7: Yeah, Interviewed mean... Sid
4: Bream. Interviewed Sid Bream and Mark Woolers during a game at spring training. Pretty freaking oh, wow. cool.
7: Talk about two polar opposites.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for Woolers, that slider, man, that slider, he'll have to live with that. But he was a pretty
7: damn good pitcher before that. Uh, little nugget here.
4: Stay away from the curveball, Vaughn. Give him the heater. <laughs> give, him,
7: give him the heater. A uh, little nugget on Jimmy Williams. By the way, I did not realize that he won 910 games as a manager. That's pretty good um, in 12 years. But he only had 13 at-bats in his big league career. Had no idea. And uh, he was 3 of 13 in those 13 ABs. His first career hit, one of only three, was off of Juan Marichal. Marichal. It, well, Marichal.
4: <laughs> Sorry. Having a rough day.
7: <laughs> connected Marichal. We're
4: getting yeah. them all in late. Yeah. that's that pretty crazy? That is crazy. Pretty good one to get a hit off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt about it.
7: Thanks to uh, John Whittle for joining us in our number – what was our yeah, – that was our number one. And as always, thanks to the Golden Tones for keeping us entertained four hours a week here on Inside the Game Gamecocks. And enjoyed it, my friends. Another hey, four thanks hours.
4: again, everybody in Columbia, with the kind words about this show. I was overwhelmed by that. Um, people just literally stopping me to say how much they enjoy listening to this. So that's that was pretty cool.
7: Yeah. Certainly, uh, we appreciate that from here as well. Uh, Really, really neat stuff. Fine call you had there on uh, Saturday afternoon. Enjoyed
4: it. That was a lot of fun. Great crowd again at the CLA. It's never going to be Kentucky, but it was still a good crowd. They made their presence known, showed themselves well on TV, seats full, noise loud. Shane was there, halftime. Cool environment. You are next uh, in... Heading to Como, baby. Wish me luck. It's uh, it's never easy. All right. What's that? Is it Missouri and Arkansas? It good? is, yeah. Which is a heated rivalry. Yeah. Uh, no, no matter what the somebody records has to are, win the game, Mike. Somebody has to win it. There are no ties in college hoops. <laughs> yeah. We have confirmed.
7: whoever whoever wins it. It might jumpstart them a little bit. Both of them are very good. Of, of no doubt, string of wins. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah. safe travels, my friend. Thanks all for right. all
4: you do. You got it. We'll talk to you at the end of the week.
7: There you Thanks, go. Mike. That's it from Mike Morgan, Phil Molenak, and myself, JB. We'll be back tomorrow. At 11, built by the Barndo Co. and served by Chicken Cock and always live from the Sunorama Studios inside the Gamecocks. We'll see you then.